0: Familiar with Martin Armstrong, um, uh, Daniela Cambone with Stansbury Research, uh, Richard Werner, who's a British economist, um, Ernest Wolff, the German accountant economist, I mean, Patrick Wood, who's a technocracy expert. Um, Edward Griffin, who's also a technocracy expert, Um, listening very carefully every time Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano speaks out, David Martin, um, Mark Skidmore, Mark Crispin Miller, uh, Brian Peckford, of course, Um, listening to my banker friends that are in the C-suite, listening to John Titus and James Corbett and Whitney Webb. So these are the people that I've really. Oh, and of course, people like um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, you know, these are the people that I've really relied on for good information on what's coming down the pipe, and how to plan accordingly. Um, the the. Enemy, I keep a really close eye on as well. So I'm very intrigued to know what Mark Carney is saying or doing at any point in time, because in my mind, he is, as the former head of Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, I believe that he is the master of Trudeau. Trudeau is a nothing. I know people who taught with him in Vancouver at a private school. He was the idiot in the staff room. He had nothing intelligent to say. He is a complete puppet. So uh, Mark Carney, on the other hand, is very dangerous, very powerful, and is in in England, his nickname was Davos Man. He is absolutely bent on this agenda, and he's pushing very hard for it. Of course, I, I watch Klaus Schwab very carefully with the World Economic Forum. I watch Dr. Jeffrey Sachs very carefully. He's in bed with the elite with the globalists, um, is very closely tied with the Pope and with Xi Jinping at China. Um, I watch Thomas Piketty, the French economist at the London School of Economics, very closely to see what he's saying. I try to keep an eye on the Trilateral Commission, the Council of Foreign Relations, the UN, the IMF, the WHO, uh, the CDC. And then my best sources of news now have become, they used to be, The Economist. I read The Economist for 35 years until last year I realized that it's a publication that's owned by the Rothschilds so I promptly uh, cancelled my subscription but I watch very closely to see what the Washington Post is saying because that's Jeff Bezos, I watch CNN, their complete propaganda, MSNBC because that's owned by Bill Gates, CBC, The Guardian, BBC, those are all puppets of the of the elite the Russian Times actually is one of the best sources of objective information right now. And the Epoch Times or the Epic Times for, for anti-Chinese reporting. I find them to be quite objective. So um, I, I now have a few platforms. I have my main platform on Telegram. I used to use uh, Twitter until I got booted off Twitter uh, for talking about things like ivermectin and, and anti-lockdown sort of information. Uh, So I gravitated over to Telegram, and I I have a love-hate relationship with Telegram. Telegram does not not censor anything, but the owner, Durov, is Russian, and he is uh, very friendly with the World Economic Forum. He's a young leader back in 2017, but I have a feeling that Telegram is being used as an intel. Uh, machine for them. They don't censor, but they're probably watching very carefully. However, I use it as a tool to gather really good information on, on what's going on. And I also post prolifically on my personal channel, which is Marianne and the professor. And then I have two other channels. One is the reset investment in strategies, and then I have a Canadian Happy Travelers private group, uh, which anyone is welcome to join, but you need do need to ask for a link to that. Um, and it's specifically for vaccine-free people who want to travel. And information is shared in this group. Uh, so, uh, this What I, I think one of the first things to talk about is the central banks and money supply and why this is so important. So the central banks, as I'm sure you know, the central banks have been printing money fast and furiously this year, and the money supply has gone up about 40%. So in theory, inflation should be, count, you know, Comparable to that inflation should be 40% the official number coming out of the government right now is 7% which is absolutely absurdly low, but they manipulate that and so it's not an accurate measure at all. But right now with inflation, at, I think the, the real rate is between 20 and 40% with inflation so high you are seeing your currency debased at record epic levels. And the central banks know this. They are purpose purposely um, oh, uh, what would I say? They are, um, well, they just have a plan to collapse the fiat currencies. And so essentially, the central banks know what they're doing, and they're diverting all the money to their friends, different elite. And so there's a massive uh, transfer of money from, poor or middle-class to the elite right now, probably the most uh, epic transfer of wealth in the history of time. And so the they the central banks know that they are bankrupt uh, across Europe, pretty much across the world. And so when the banks are fully ready to kind of pull the plug, plug when the central banks are fully ready to go, my belief is that they will either Stage uh, like cyber polygon so to cyber attack and claim that oh it was some nefarious character out of Russia or that you know that that this is an outside job, but it would be an inside job. But they will collapse at some point the fiat currencies and force every everyone onto the central bank digital currency. Uh, it may happen in a more graduated way where the central banks roll out a central bank digital currency and. Offer this, or try to entice the general population onto this new platform, and then generally, then gradually phase out the uh, fiat or fiat currencies, meaning cash or paper money. So that transition may be gradual or it may be sudden. But I think you really need to be aware of the fact that this is coming down the pipe. That the central bank digital currency is not um, in question. It's inevitable. It's just a matter of when. I've uh, I've talked to my banking friends, and they have said, well, they think it's going to happen within the next year, because the banks are establishing what's called open source banking, which will be a platform that will integrate all of the banks in Canada with the new central bank digital currencies that are all going to be linked in through the IMF and what's called SDR, special deposit reserves. And uh, so the IMF is very, very involved in this whole process of a central, uh, a central conduit for you know control and surveillance. So central bank digital currency really scares me because for all of you who have watched what has happened in China, that's the system that they're operating under, and it is it's part of the social credit program where your banking. Is um and all your finances are in a digital format, but also there your how would they say your whole identity is digital. So your driver's license, your health information, including the vaccines, all of that is integrated into one platform. And that gives the government's ultimate goal over you. So if you misbehave on social media or uh oh my goodness, you attend a protest or you're associating with the wrong people. They pull the plug on you and freeze your bank accounts. So the central bank digital currency makes me very, very nervous. And that is one of the reasons that Catherine Austin Fitz talks about it incessantly and says, use cash cash as much as possible. And the reason that Catherine is recommending cash is that the, the higher the use of cash in a population, the harder it is going to be for governments to transition over to this digital currency. So cash is something that I really encourage people to use. Try not to use your bank cards. Try to use cash as much as possible, because that, in a sense, is sabotaging the elites in, that, in this transition to central bank digital currency. Um, the... Uh, let's see what else. FinTech. You, you might want to be aware of what FinTech is. The the news um, has mentioned FinTech in the last few days, saying that they want all of the institutions to be reporting to the government via FinTech on who's supporting the you know who's supporting these truckers and um, it's a blockchain financial technology that supports these international digital currencies and the collection of data. So the fintech system is essential, and it's a function of central bank digital currency. So it it just allows perfect control and surveillance of digital currencies around the globe. So you're gonna hear more and more about FinTech and that is the system that is kind of goes in lockstep with central bank digital currency. Now, as kind of a hedge against all of this nonsense that's going on, I think everyone needs to think very carefully about where your assets are and how are you protected from things, nefarious, um, uh, you know, characters who are going to try to make your life rather miserable in coming years. So you want to look at your physical assets. And when I say physical assets, I mean uh, assets that are resilient against inflation and present you or, or provide you a defensive position as currencies collapse. These can be uh, physical assets such as um, you know, your home, uh, farmland, uh, vehicles, um, mach- you know, boats, airplanes, machinery, alcohol, medicine, food, uh, physical gold and other precious metals. Any of these physical assets uh, will provide you security or kind of a defense against inflationary pressures. And so in unstable times, physical assets are really important. So I know people who are buying tractors, and it may seem like a very strange place to park your money, but uh, a tractor is going to appreciate, um, as the value of money declines, the value of, of a tractor should go up in, in, um, in direct relationships. To depreciation of the asset of, of the currencies. So, physical assets are really important to be considering at this point. Um, if you're worried uh, about rising interest rates, I think that you need to really seriously have a good look at your debt because debt is going to be very, very dangerous during volatile times and, um, and rising interest rates. Assuming inflation is rampant and um, rising interest rates are looming, I recommend avoiding any open loans, lines of credit, home lines, um, all debt that uh, has variable rates that can increase if interest rates spike upwards. Uh, The Bank of Canada has already warned us that they're going to roll out a few uh, interest rate increases this year. And and I think that that's just inevitable, is just how much. When banks are on the verge of insolvency and they become desperate, they can also call loans that do have fixed terms like mortgages. In the fine print, you may think your mortgage is untouchable, but they do have the ability to push holders into bankruptcy or foreclosure. So be very careful with any mortgages that that you have that you, in a worst case scenario, that you are able to um, pay them off. So debt right now is not a great thing to have. Um, it just puts you in a vul- it puts you in a vulnerable position. Um, you should know about your bank deposits and bail-ins. Uh, a bail-in is something that was passed very quietly a few years ago through the Canadian government, and it allows the banks to convert your deposits into bank shares. And one might think, well, that's okay, instead of my deposit, now I've got bank shares. Well, that's not very good when uh, everybody has bank shares, because all of a sudden, you have tremendous dilution of asset value. But this is a very insidious law that was passed to protect the banks if they go into insolvency, which may occur uh, in in this transition to central bank digital currencies, they may all become insolvent. So, you, you know, there's the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp and all of these different insurances that are supposed to be in place, but I, I don't know if those would remain intact during such um, unprecedented times. Uh, so I would assume that your bank deposits are very vulnerable. So I would have a very, um, I, I would encourage you to get your money out of banks um, and, and credit unions. The smaller the credit union, the better, the bigger the bank the or if a bank is national, even like a Coast Capital is national, it's as bad as the big five banks. So really be careful with your bank deposits right now, uh, because I think they're very vulnerable to attack. Uh, stock market. I used to love the stock market and I, I'm a big fan of the Lovely dividends and, and are just solid holds, but now I am nervous with the stock market. I feel it's at historical highs. The current P multiples are insane and unprecedented, and um, so uh, and I I just worry about what is going to happen with the stock market. Uh, so I would be very very careful. Um, Normally, I would uh, suggest owning bank shares. But again, I'm nervous with the banks. And so if you want to be invested in stocks, I think my my favorite picks would be oil, natural gas, uranium, copper, gold, silver stocks, the elite are pouring tremendous amount of money into green technology. So in theory, these stocks should open. form, but the key multiples on these stocks are very high and potentially pose risk. So overall, it's it's good to be diversified. So if you do want to continue holding stocks, um, there are certain ones that you can hold. But the stock market to me is rather inflated, and I'm worried about a major downturn. Um, I touched on this the other night, and I didn't mean to raise big alarm bells for people, but I talked about RSPs, RIFs, TFSAs. I am cautious about holding anything that the government has the ability to impose rules on. And registered holdings, the government has quite a bit of control. So, is the government going to become draconian and say, "Well, listen, you're not playing ball with us. You're not vaccinated. Mm, we're going to, we're going to freeze your registered accounts." Um, that is within the realm of possibility. So I feel quite nervous about RSPs, RIFs, and TFSAs. So I have chosen to collapse mine and move them into other assets, but um, there are some tax liabilities because when you pull money out of any of these things, they are deemed, the RSPs and RIFs are are deemed as income. So you wanna be very careful in the way that you stagger the withdrawal or the drawdown of these accounts. Because when you're collapsing registered accounts, you need to be mindful of tax implications. So make sure that you consult an accountant or your financial advisor before making any changes. While I'm on the topic of financial advisors, most financial advisors are completely asleep. So if you speak to your financial advisor about some of the things that I'm talking to you about, they will look at you cross-eyed and think that you're insane. Um, And just know that the whole um, the whole. uh, Uh, how would I say, your paradigm, if you are not awake, your paradigm as a financial advisor is going to be completely different uh, uh, than mine would be as someone who is awake. So just be prepared to argue with your financial advisor if they are suggesting that these decisions that you're making are, you know, they may suggest that they sound ludicrous. And you just need to understand that if they are not awake as to what's going on in the world, they are not going to uh, be agreeing with you or with me. Um, In terms of the future of real estate, real estate has always been one of my favorite asset classes. I love real estate and was raised in a family with three realtors. Um, But um, with inflation rates high and interest rates going higher, I am worried about real estate because I worry that uh, when people need to refinance their mortgages, they are not going to be able to uh, to cover the mortgages at the new rates. So I worry about foreclosures, and um, so we may experience a downturn as people struggle to refinance their mortgages at these new rates that are are um, you know coming down the pipe. Um, I also worry that the elite like BlackRock and Vanguard have been aggressively buying up residential real estate and farmland and are intent on driving up real estate prices to drive people out of home ownership. Um, And simultaneously, of course, they'll continue to kill the economy and force people to sell their homes and investment properties because these globalists prefer everyone to be a renter. And they want you dependent on the government and they want you on universal basic income. So, um, real estate, although I think it's a terrific hold, if you don't have any debt, um, I'd say it's probably good, you know, it provides you a place to live. But is it going to be a good asset to hold in the future? Mm. I don't know if I had to pick my favorite type of real estate, it would probably be farmland or rural property. I think urban property is going to become quite unattractive because it's almost like you're in a, in a rat pen or in a, you know, you're like a rat in um, uh, how would they say? I just feel that the, the globalists want to get everyone into urban settings and, and control you. So I think urban property is less appealing than rural farmland where people have more space and can be living um s- self-sufficiently off the grid um, i should just check can you guys hear me yeah wendy maybe let me know <laughs> sorry oh, okay. yes yes I okay was like- <laughs> i'll just bear on okay <laughs> yes, so right. Okay, perfect. Okay, I'll I'll continue on here. Okay, taxes and capital gains. Um, I'm reminded of the you will own nothing and be happy from the World Economic Forum. Um, The Canadian government is keen to crush your businesses, to marginalize the middle class, to strip people of their assets and push the masses into dependence on the government and um, into universal basic income. And there's a lot of tools at the government's disposal. Um, to strip you of your assets, and primarily that's going to be through taxation. So capital gains taxes, as you know right now, are at 50%. 50% of all capital gains are fully taxable as income. My prediction, or my suspicion, is that the government is going to reduce that or eliminate that capital gains exemption. So be mindful of that. If you've got Uh, investments that you can take advantage of that 50% capital gains exemption. Uh, Maybe it's a good time to, you know, move out of some holdings while you still have that capital gains exemption available to you. The one that really gets my ire up, but I suspect the government's going to do something about this, is the principal residence capital gains exemption. As a Canadian on your primary residence, if you sell your property, that is tax-free. But two summers ago august 2020 the government uh, trudeau threatened to eliminate that or reduce it substantially that would be catastrophic for a lot of people so say you've got a home that you spent 500,000 on and now it's worth a million you've got 500,000 capital gains in you know right now that's tax free gain that you can go put in your pocket But if the government gets their way, they're going to tax you on that. So what I'm recommending to people is that you trigger a new, uh, like you trigger a deemed disposition on your primary residence to establish a new base cost, therefore reducing your tax liability just in case the government decides to take away this principal residence exemption. So you'd have to consult with a lawyer or an accountant to trigger that deemed disposition on your primary residence. But I think it's a good idea if you have a nice, healthy capital gain on your principal resident residence. I think it's a good time to kind of crystallize that gain on the books um, while it is still tax-free. So that is something I definitely recommend people look at. Um, There are speculation and vacancy taxes already in place that BC anyway has imposed. There's the empty home tax that is, is in Vancouver. Anyway, there's the luxury tax that was imposed January, 2022 on purchases of luxury cars and aircraft. Um, And then there's inheritance or wealth taxes. And the government has been threatening to introduce new inheritance or wealth taxes. Essentially they they do not want to see families transferring wealth to their children. The globalists are huge fans of these wealth uh, or inheritance taxes. Um, And the French economist Thomas Piketty is constantly talking about this and he's a big player with the World Economic Forum as well. So I think we're going to see a lot of inheritance or wealth taxes imposed. So move your assets if you can to children or loved ones while you can before these taxes um, you know, get introduced. I wanna talk about gold. Um, I've never been a big gold bug. In fact, it, it was I was completely disinterested in gold. I, I invested in gold stock, but I, I wasn't a big gold bug um, and always preferred other asset classes such as real estate and blue chip stocks. However, gold has a proven track record. Um, over the last 15 years, it's given a 13% average return. Um, The world gold market is $10 trillion. And uh, as a point of comparison, the global bond market is about $120 trillion. And so uh, gold is a significant player in terms of asset class, nothing compared to the bond market, but it is significant and it has a long, long history. And with the current debasement of money and inflation and bonds giving negative returns right now, I think gold is looking very attractive. And if currencies are headed for collapse, gold and other precious metals might be a prudent place to park your money. I think smart money is moving aggressively into gold, but the move is very quiet and under the radar. Russia and China are buying and holding immense gold positions. One thing that really made me highly suspicious is that central bankers of the Federal Reserve were dictating that institutional and pension fund managers not invest in gold. And I'm thinking, well, why? If gold is such a good inflation hedge, why are investment managers instructed to stay away from it? I believe that gold is the asset of choice for the elites. However, it's been an untouchable subject. And I, I feel as though gold, well, gold has always been deemed a, a vote against the international monetary system. And I think that's one of the reasons that the elite have always tried to discourage people from buying gold. Um, and herein lies the problem. Gold is a good place, I think, for the elite, but it's not intended for the commoners like us. And my suspicion is that the elite have substantial gold positions and holdings, but they're very secretive about them. They've got them all offshore and gold can be held without any public knowledge. So it makes it a perfect investment. You know, you're not susceptible to any capital gains, taxes. You're not. It's just a perfect hold in um, a very efficient hold. Um, I do not buy gold ETFs on the stock markets. Um, You'll see some big ETFs available, like BlackRock has them. there's, There's oodles of ETFs, but instead I choose physical gold. You'll hear financial experts talk about gold ETFs and refer to them as the equivalent to physical gold, but this is absolute nonsense. Reportedly for every one ounce of physical gold, there's about 60 to 100 ounces of paper gold. So uh, that tells me that physical gold is, is the real thing, and the paper gold is like, uh, it will be like junk bonds in coming days, I think. Um, physical gold and silver are good holds, um, but do know that the prices are manipulated and kept artificially low. In fact, the gold price is set twice a day in New York, which means that the gold price is not based on supply and demand. It is set. And it's manipulated and I think has been artificially suppressed purposely to avoid investors um, from paying any attention to it. I think the elites don't want people to notice what's going on with gold. And they also want to prevent panic in the currency markets and they want to avoid a stock market collapse. So I think that gold has been uh, suppressed intentionally. And I think that the elite would much rather see you put your money in the stock market or even better yet in the crypto markets. But I think that gold is where the smart money is going. I think this is what the elites are doing. And when I speak to some of my gold um, investment managers they say they see a huge influx of gold money into gold when the crypto markets are super high and then they see a mass exodus of money into gold when the crypto markets are low so I suspect what the elite are doing are pumping a pumping and dumping the crypto markets and they ride them up pull their money out Put it into gold, then wait for the crypto markets to collapse, and then they do it again. So I, I'm very suspicious with uh, with gold or with gold. Where, you know, I, I feel that like gold is is fantastic, and I'm I'm not quite sure about cryptos. I am not an expert on cryptocurrencies. I do have some, and my favorite is Monero because I understand it's decentralized, but I'm not an expert on crypto at all. all. Uh, But there seemed to be this classic pump and dump phenomenon going on. I suspect the elite are manipulating the crypto markets and taking advantage of these dramatic price swings. I also wonder if crypto is a form of distraction while real money Is fleeing fiat currency and pouring into physical gold and real estate. Uh, farmland especially. I also wonder if cryptos will experience more government control and monitoring. And it, history shows us that crypto can be banned. For example, China blocked Bitcoin in 2017. And I suspect the global elite may eventually ban cryptocurrencies when they're ready to launch their own central bank digital currency. But I think they've allowed crypt- cryptocurrencies to exist because they want people to get used to this central digital currency concept. I wouldn't be surprised if Bitcoin is a creation of the deep state. I, but I know crypto enthusiasts or you know a Bitcoin enthusiast would argue with me on that. But I, I'm suspicious with crypto. Um, I did speak with a C-suite executive, bank executive, and they said that the banks regularly receive fraud report reports, including fraudulent re, uh, accounts, Bitcoin accounts, and other crypto accounts that have been hacked and emptied. Um, and the bank executive it confirmed that all digital accounts are not secure and are fully hackable. Um, and she, the, this one banking exec that I spoke to said that she feels that cryptocurrency is intended to steer the population from reliable, hard assets. Um, but if you do want Crypto, and I'm in some just as a point of you know diversification. My personal favorite is Monero because of its decentralized nature. Um, And then I'm almost finished here. Cyber Polygon, uh, why should you be paying attention to Cyber Polygon? Uh, You probably know there was a big event held last July, um, and it is exactly like the event two hundred one event. The same, the same planners, the same you know people behind it. and so, you know, the cyber polygon was a simulated massive, you know, it simulated massive cyber attacks. And I think that there already is evidence that cyber attacks have been initiated on the supply chain, and we may see massive economic crash, we might see some cyber attacks and it would cause economic crash. And then the powers that be would blame the Russians for the cyber attacks, when in fact it's an inside job, a false flag. Um, But the cyber polygon is very important to pay attention to because these cyber attacks might hit the stock markets, the bank balances, crypto balances, anything digital. So it makes all of these things kind of vulnerable. So again, one more reason to be in hard assets like real estate, like physical gold, um, and and just other hard assets that I discussed. And then lastly, I thought I'd give you some inside tips from a C-suite banker that is a friend of mine. She suggested getting your money out of the big banks in Canada. Um, She said banks have been intentionally lowering interest rates to entice customers to adopt more debt. They've been very liberal in offering loans to increase the debt load on on customers to get them super vulnerable. And then the Bank of Canada is planning on raising interest rates this coming year and they're preparing for massive foreclosures. Um, The banks are tightening up their lending criteria and and are expecting two or three more tightenings. Um, They're establishing the open, open banking platform And they're establishing this as quickly as possible and this is going to be the new banking platform that's going to integrate with the central bank digital currencies and it should be ready to go within the year. Um, Be very careful to follow the economists that you trust, be a prepper, have three backup plans, have a backup to a backup to a backup. Uh, Diversify, Ask yourself, what do I have to live on? Property, food, boats, water, safety, medicine, energy, community, security, passports. Really be asking yourself these questions. They're practical and you need to kind of prepare. Um, Banks wanna be the landlords and own your property. So just make sure that you're in a defensive position to prevent this from happening. Banks are trying to wipe out the small credit unions. so be careful with the small credit unions. Avoid the national banks and the national credit unions because they're all in bed with the World Economic Forum. Um, if you do buy gold, don't store your gold in a bank safety deposit box. Better to big, dig a hole in your back garden and go two feet deep to avoid detection. And uh, do not buy gold through a bank as they make a record of your holdings um, and will report to governments so they have you paying um, capital gains tax if you sell it because they do try to keep track of your gold uh, gold holdings and so buy your gold very discreetly and out of the eye of the banks or the Canadian government. So that is um, that is kind of the the issue or the topics that I wanted to talk about and then I thought I could just open it up to to questions great. Yes. Thank you so much. Wow, that was really excellent. I um
1: I copied and pasted a couple of the questions that went by in the chat. So maybe I'll do those first and then anyone else put your hand up and then we can go in order. Okay. And um, and
0: and you should know uh, pretty much everything I talked about just now is on the handout that I'll send you again, Wendy. It was okay. sent to you today. I'll resend it to you. And so don't worry about taking notes. Everything I've spoken about here is is uh, in this handout that I have for you, okay. and I have one other. I have one other thing that I, I just. I I started my um, handout saying, uh, describing what I call. I've kind of coined a term called Canada syndrome. It's the irrational belief that the government has your best interests in mind. And this delusional belief guides your decisions as you live in strict obedience to an unsubstantiated narrative while maintaining a blindness to systemic and pervasive abuse. And I think the Canadians, the Canada syndrome is very much at play in most Canadians' head. I think that most Canadians do trust the government at some level. And I think uh, from my standpoint, I don't trust the Canadian government at all. I'm very cynical, I'm very um, leery of them. and I feel like I need to um, I need to make uh, how would I say? I need to be very proactive and I need to be very defensive in my position because ultimately um, being complacent is very dangerous. So you want to be very very uh, you want to be very proactive and you want to be very inquisitive. And you really need to have a good look at your assumptions and your strategies and your vulnerabilities and scrutinize your positions very carefully and look at your investments very carefully and then plan, plan ahead. Um, And the last thing I'll say is I'm more than happy to do consultations uh, by the half hour or by the hour. Um, I, I charge just by 30 minute blocks. And I'm more than happy to help people if they feel that they need some, um, some individual sort of help. attention yeah. or advice. Oh, yeah. that's,
1: that's excellent. Uh, maybe, maybe you can put it, whatever information about that in the chat if people want to write it down and then they can contact you um so okay, yeah and so- I'll
0: also the the information that I'm sending has all my contact information on okay, it and I perfect. apologize I have been inundated with emails the last couple of days and I'm sorry I have not managed to get back to most of you so just know I will one by one kind of go through the emails but to tell you the truth I was ziplining today in the jungle so <laughs> I was away I was away all day today Oh, that's awesome. Uh, So, anyway, I'm sorry, but um, (laughs) yeah. That is really
1: excellent. Yeah. Um, I had a quick question about the banks. So, um, at one point you said get out of the big banks and go to something smaller, but if banks are going to themselves start going bankrupt, wouldn't the smaller ones go bankrupt first?
0: Uh, actually, I think the smaller banks are uh, are safer in some sense because they have, I think, more of a relationship with with their clientele or their customers, and and the smaller institutions tend not to have. Um, a relationship with the World Economic Forum, whereas the world, you know, the, the larger banks are all in bed with them and that agenda. Okay. So I think that the smaller institutions at this point are a safer bet. So okay. if I had to hold my money in an institution, it would be, you know, something like in Vancouver, a Blue Shore um, or Prospera or some of these smaller institutions I have more confidence in right now. But quite frankly, I'm not happy having any money in banks. Right. I use it as a, a tool to move money from A to B, but I'm more inclined to get your money out, out of Canada, get it into U.S. bank accounts and get it out and then move into other assets. Okay. So then another question mm-hmm. was, how do you deal with things that are direct deposited, um,
1: like even pension payments and things like that.
0: Um, uh, those are fine to kind of keep to, to, if you have if you have established direct deposits already, there's no problem having the money direct deposited into your account, but then move the money out very quickly. Just don't leave anything lingering, you know, a, a little bit of money is fine to kind of cover various uh, obligations that you have, but I would not be holding any sizable sums in, a, in bank accounts at this point, especially Right now, we're seeing the government impose these draconian rules with anyone who appears to be even remotely supportive of you know of the truckers or any of these protests or against vaccine mandates. Um, I feel like there's a witch hunt on right now, and I do wonder the extent to which the government is going to uh, freeze people's bank accounts. Uh, yeah, that was another the question virginals. as well. Like, how, how, mm-hmm.
1: how much are they going to go after... Like regular people that donated a hundred bucks, or are they focusing more on like bigger donators? Do you know what I mean?
2: You
0: know what? It, the, uh, well, I guess if you look at our government and the mindset they have, they view anyone who is supporting these uh, truckers or any anti mandate, uh, you know, uh, protests, they view us as the enemy. They view us as um, radicals. They view us as dangerous, as terrorists. So, if you look at the logic of how they're painting us as, as evil, I I don't put it past them to come after our bank accounts. Why not? It's a great way uh, to send a message out there and say, "You better behave, or you are you know you're going to have your rights stripped from you." So I wouldn't put anything past the Canadian government right now, as long as Trudeau is at the helm, I think we have no rights. So you have to expect the worst, that he is going to call through those 92,000 people who donated money, you know, through Give, Send, Go or GoFundMe. They'll probably go through all of those individuals and at some point do something, either threaten you or or freeze your bank accounts. I don't think it matters how much you donated. Right. I think that they are going to send a very clear message to those of us who, so, and, and uh, I'm in that group, you know, yeah. uh, I'm part of that.
1: Yeah, a lot so, of people um,
0: are, yeah. 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 Um,
1: along the lines of the cyber attacks and the, the economic crash, what, what do you see as the timeline for that? Is that like imminent happening, you know, now, or is that sometime in 22 or, you know, in the next... Like what, what's your timeline
0: ideas about? You no, know, that, that all, that really is the million dollar question. I would say um, it could be this year. It could be next year. Um, so I would, I would plan for it to be sooner than later, get yourself organized and get things in place sooner than later and expect it to happen. Uh, ideally, you're in a position that if it happens tomorrow, you're Okay. Okay. And then there was so get, another question get, get, about
1: linger. how do you move money to the US? And I'm just gonna let my dog out. Uh,
0: okay, so so the best way to move money to the US is to set up a US a US dollar account in a Canadian institution and then move it to another US institution from US dollar to US dollar. And then, uh, you know, and then you can start buying property overseas, or you can move it into physical gold offshore, um, because most gold that you purchase offshore is through U.S. U.S. bank accounts. So you want to get the money into U.S. bank, U.S. accounts into U.S. dollars, ASAP. Okay, um, all right, I know I'll the banks to, are. Sorry, go ahead. I, I know that the Canadian banks are tightening up on this, uh, so you might need to be quite, um, quite clever with the way that you go about it. But yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, set up uh, set up us us accounts first, and then try to get the money in out that way. Okay. And then, do you and think? And the banks are the banks are very nosy right now. They want to know exactly what you're doing. Remember, you're not obligated to tell them, but they right. always want to know why, what, how, who, you know, and and just make up a, a lame excuse and and carry on. Don't tell them what you're up to. Right. And do you think the U.S. will follow Canada,
1: or do you think the U.S. banks are going to stay more stable? Like, why wouldn't uh, all of this happen there in, as well? In
0: the long term. If I were to predict, I think the, the European central banks will collapse first. They're, they're perfectly bankrupt. I, I think actually the U.S. is behind us. Uh, there's way more resistance in the U.S. You've got half of the population there is awake. So I have more, much more confidence in the U.S. than I do in Canada. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll go to some of the hands that are up. Tracy, you're first. actually Kevin. All right. So okay. <laughs> I had a question about,
3: about investing into into precious metals like like silver and gold. Um so aside from like I know ETFs are, are not good cuz they're just paper, but what about the Sprott physical silver and gold and those metals on the stock market? Are you familiar yeah, with those? I
0: I like Sprott. I like Sprott. I I do like Sprott management. Um, And if they say that they're backed by physical gold, in theory, that should be the case. But a lot of them say that they're backed by physical gold. And what I can't figure out is how can all these ETFs, you know, for every one ounce of physical gold, there's 60 to 100 gold ETFs. At some point, somebody is lying. And I, I just, so I used to buy ETFs but I have sold off all my gold ETFs and I, I only buy physical gold now. So I'd rather own the physical. Okay. I just feel more comfortable with that.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: okay. Um,
5: uh, any suggestions for um, a, U- a US bank, like one bit better than another, like having knowing nothing?
0: Well. Okay, my favorite, you know, I you have to almost think like a criminal or think like an elite. Um, if you look at the bank that is renowned for dirt, moving dirty money, it's HSBC. It has an inter- international reputation for being kind of the, the, the deep state, dirty money, money laundering bank. Um, so that's the bank I like to deal with. Uh, so you set up an account with HSBC. And I, it's, it's ironic, but you really do need to think like a criminal. So HSBC is a great bank. You set up an account in Canada. Then they used to have what's called a premier account, um, which allowed you to move your money. So for instance, I've got HSBC accounts, US accounts. I've got in the UK as well. We used to deal with HSBC and they have this system that allows you to transfer money from one to another across international borders. That's a very, very easy way to move money out of the country. I have recommended that to a lot of people. They've said they've been having trouble with it. So you might need to be quite persistent on that front, but I love HSBC. I really do.
6: Okay, thank you.
0: Um, next is P. Hi.
6: <laughs> uh, hi. Hi, thank you. I was just wondering... Uh, What's, where's the best place to buy physical gold? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, you know
0: what? There's so many different companies that sell physical gold. I mean, if you're, if you're planning on staying in Canada, I would look at some of the precious metal um, spot, you know, headquarters in Canada. I know in Vancouver, every major city, Toronto, Uh, So if you're thinking of buying your precious metals, just do not buy them through a bank. And also ask the institution that you're buying the precious metals, at what point do they have to report you buying the precious metals? So there's, there's often a cutoff. And if you buy above a certain mark, they have to report it. So go back repeatedly and buy smaller amounts and build it up that way so that there's no record of you buying it because you do not want the government to know that you have this gold. Um, if you're thinking of buying larger sums, buying it offshore, there's some companies that I really like um, that are, um, if you contact me, I'll give you the information. Uh, on the handout, I mentioned one of them that I interviewed in a, in a buying gold um, interview that I gave that I uploaded on BitChute. And so that video, you'll see the company that I quite like. But there's so many different companies that are are fabulous uh, for for offshore, where they hold your gold in segregated accounts, whether it's in Singapore or Switzerland or the Caymans or in Texas in Liechtenstein. Um, you can have the have your gold held offshore, and you just want to make sure you're working with a reputable company. But there are so many good ones out there.
6: So I'm just do Va-
0: your homework and kind of talk about
6: it. I'm in Vancouver. Is there any you'd recommend here? Uh, in Vancouver, the, if, if you're planning
0: on staying in Canada, there's, I think, the international currency downtown, I think, on Howe or Broad Street, where you okay. can physically go and buy your gold. But if you're thinking of buying it offshore, uh, there are some Canadian companies that are based out of Toronto that are very good. Okay. As well, so it just depends on whether or not you're planning on buying it and burying it, in your or if you're planning on uh keeping it offshore. And, and just,
6: the just the logistical question so, let's say you put everything into your hard assets, so how do you go about your day like spending money, buying a car, buying groceries? Like, do you just keep taking your gold bars and cashing them out? Or how does it, how does it work in the real world to, to switch everything? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you use, you can use your, your gold uh, account, uh, you know, like your bank account. Okay. Uh, and so when you need, when you need access to cash, um, you just sell some of your gold.
6: Okay. And then the bank, like if it's offshore, then you somehow like, how do you get it? How do you get oh, your
0: cash? Yeah. You just you just pick pick up the phone, ask them to sell it, and they'll deposit
6: it into your bank account, whichever oh, so bank you, you want. Okay, so you still should have a bank account for these sorts of things. Oh yeah, you're you'll you, I use a bank. I
0: mean, a bank account is a, a very important function. It's a very important practicality. I, okay. I don't recommend closing your bank accounts. I just suggest not holding any money
6: in them. Okay. Thank you very much. yeah
0: and I and I actually think there's there's a run on banks right now. Yesterday all the banks uh, were, went offline. You couldn't do any banking online yesterday and, and a lot of the machines were closed. And uh, I think there's a I think people are getting quite nervous with the banks right now. so um, you just you know there will come a point at which the banks say, oh sorry, we don't have your money. I know people who are trying to get large sums out of the Royal Bank. And the bank has said, sorry, we don't have your money. And they've been working with uh-huh. lawyers for two years to try to get deposits out. So the big banks are having trouble. They're on the edge of insolvency already. And I think it's just a matter of time before the banks do go insolvent.
6: So this this thing with the uh if you have a hundred thousand K unless you're always insured that that they can just like if they declare bankruptcy or whatever, then your money's just gone. They they don't have to give you the hundred K.
0: Yeah,
6: they'll just and
0: I don't even know if that insurance will this will be considered un you know unprecedented times. The the insurance may right. be null and void. Right. Um and, and then they may convert your bank deposits into bank shares. So instead of having hundred thousand dollar money, you may have a hundred thousand worth of royal bank shares. Um, the problem is everyone else has got those shares too so it, it the dilute the dilution will be problematic
3: mm-hmm.
0: so but that's the problem with the bail in that, that was uh, uh you know legislated a few years ago it's very dangerous very dangerous and i don't think most canadians are aware of it mm-hmm. but it protects the banks of course but for the depositor or for you know the the you know it's it's absolutely a a terrible, terrible predicament. So um, you just do not want any deposits sitting around in the banks right now.
6: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Uh, Shelly, go ahead.
5: Okay, so um, quick question about bank drafts. Um, Of course, my bank doesn't want me to take any more cash out. Had a quite detailed discussion with him today. Uh, what he's suggesting is a bank draft. So my question to you is because he's telling me it's the same as currency and that it's negotiable anywhere and he would advise me to take out several smaller drafts instead of one large draft so what do you think about that and then i have another question
0: Oh, now that this is very interesting. So your banker today, when you're trying to withdraw money, said, no, I can't give it to you. I can only give you a draft.
5: It's because we've already taken out $10,000. So it's going above and beyond what we normally would take out. Um,
0: yes. Oh, well, that see, that's very interesting, because if you have a million dollars in the bank, you should be able to go today and withdraw it. So, the fact that they're limiting you to 10,000 on a withdrawal is, is symptomatic of a much bigger problem. They do not have the money. Yeah. So, um, so, so what do you so a what bank you... draft. I, I find that interesting that they're suggesting that you do a bank draft as though that's going to help your situation. And then you're supposed to take that bank draft to another institution and deposit it elsewhere. Is that what he's suggesting that you do? Yes. Yes.
5: Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. see that to me is um, that is very interesting. He very interesting also said,
5: He also said if I take out anything further right now, um, that, that they would have to report report to some authority because it's more activity in, in my account than normal. And they'd have to make sure that there was no nefarious things happening.
0: Okay, that that they're probably alluding to Fintrack, which is something that Trudeau's been talking a lot about the last couple of days, and Fintrack is that global reporting system and kind of banking surveillance system that they're setting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, see, you know, there here is a perfect example mm-hmm. of why does the bank have any authority to tell you? Um, what you do with your money that is sitting in deposits. It's just appalling that they are starting to do this, but it's symptomatic of a much greater problem, which is um, they are trying to control the use or movement of your money. Um, And this is what I anticipated happening. And it sounds like it's, it's escalating as we speak. So mm, it could be a delay tactic. Or it could be that they are going to really clamp down and want to know exactly where your money is going, why, how, when, who, you know, uh, which makes me nervous. So all the more reason to just push, be very assertive and move the money out of of that that institution. Okay,
5: and as far as, um, I was on the World Economic Forum today, and it's fantastic because if you scroll down to the bottom, you can see all the partners, and the partners are alphabetical, alphabeticalized yeah. from A to B. Yeah. Um, HSBC is in there.
0: Yeah, HSBC is definitely one of the partners. I know exactly what you mean. That list of 400 partners, they're mm-hmm. there. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I think that HSBC is also a bank that these criminal globalists are using as well to move their money around. So. Um, it's the only bank that I have been able that I have um, had success with in terms of making uh, transactions easy for international transactions. It seems to be the best, um, but by no means do I trust them. I use them only as a, I use them as a, a mechanism to move money from A to B, but I don't deposit it with them. HSBC is not sitting with any of my money. It just allows me to get it out or, or get it from A to B.
7: Okay.
5: Um, and then uh, as far as uh, my husband's just wanting to know Costa Rica, so you got there. So is there no vaccine
0: mandates there then? Oh, I'm sorry to say, but Costa Rica, sorry, I'm eating my dinner. Uh, Costa Rica is, 100% a puppet of the globalists and uh, is in bed with the World Economic Forum and in fact their current president, well actually they just had election, but the, the president up until now um, was a young leader, and, and you know got all sorts of awards from Klaus Schwab, uh, and the new the current election there are two candidates, they have a system here where they kind of have a preliminary election, and then they they see who are the major candidates, because I think there were like 20, and they narrowed it down to two or three, and, or I think it's two, and the two major candidates right now are both Harvard grads, one worked with the United Nations, and I think the other, the World Bank, and they're globalists as well. So I'm under no... Um, uh, how would I say, <laughs> notion that Costa Rica is any better than anywhere else. What I do like about Costa Rica is that this is a country uh, of, um, they have no military. It is a little bit of the Switzerland of Central America. And the people can be very, um, how would I say? There can be rules in place, but the people don't pay too much attention to them. So compliance is quite poor here. And it's very easy to live off the grid. So even if they had vaccine mandates here, you can still get food, you can still get fresh water, the temperature is very comfortable, and it's away from um, 5G. Uh, And there seems to be a heavy concentration of elite here, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the head of, you know, like Jack Dorsey from Twitter. There's a lot of millionaires and billionaires here. And I figure if they're here, I want to be here too. So I like to be wherever the elite are. Wherever they're hanging out, to me, is a safe place to be. Do you think Florida yeah, is uh, safe? Yeah. Oh, I'm
5: sorry. What was that? Sorry. Do you think Florida would be safe as far as financial?
0: Um, I think so. And Florida would have been a fabulous investment real estate-wise a year or two ago. Mm. I like Florida, I like DeSantis, um, I like Texas as well, my suspicion is that the U.S. will eventually go into, uh, enter kind of a civil war, and if you have a chance, listen to Martin Armstrong, um, Armstrong Economics, he is the economist that has the best record track record in terms of forecasting downturns and major shifts in economies. And he has been incredible. Um, he's often on as a guest on the Michael Campbell show, Money, Money Talks. Um, but more recently, he gave a really great interview with Dell Bigtree a week or two ago it is an absolutely riveting interview and watch and see what he says about the U.S. because he is American and he gave some very bold predictions on what is going to happen in the U.S. So if you think thinking of heading south, um, have uh, have a listen to that. Um, but, yeah, I like uh, my only problem with the U.S. is Well, two problems. They've got 5G, which I don't really want to be around 5G. And also, I feel like the US is doing a lot of war, uh, fear mongering and warmongering. And I, I worry that the US could end up being um, not only in a civil war, but I think engaged in some sort of uh, uh, bigger war, you know, with China or Russia. So I prefer to be away from the center or the hub of things. So, but. I've been sorely tempted to go to the U.S. as well. In a lot of ways, I mean, it's first world living and it's comfortable and and they've got a great governor in Florida. Okay, so there's lots of hands
1: up. Um, let's um, move on. Um, Joe, go ahead.
8: Hi, thanks. I just have a question about the practicality. If I want to withdraw, I'd really like to give in sort of the state of the world in tonight's conversation. Um, if I'm going to mobilize some money out of the bank with an, with an intention to move it eventually all out. So I don't raise red flags. How much do you think is like, even if I did it once a week, once a week and I ra- and I took out what amount would not be a re- red flag. Do you think and in what denominations? Because once I get a bank draft, then that's another problem. What do I do with that? So if I were to get cash, what do you think? I know the institution that I deal with, they said, you can get up to three grand before at a time before you have to, you know, order a, amount
0: ahead of time. Mm. Wow. Three thousand at a time. Is that like three thousand a day?
8: I don't well I don't know probably I would think so because so I said when I phoned I said so like what would be the max amount I could roll into the bank and take out today and she said 3 and and I said you would have it right because my understanding is if I wanted to take out 5 I would have to order it ahead of time like give you a week and she goes yes it's 3 so does that mean no. I
0: would- red flag i would i i think i would have a chat with the bank and say i'm this. i'm thinking of buying some real estate in the u.s and i need you know you know several hundred thousand okay. not just three thousand a day right i would have that conversation with them and, and make it sound like you're considering because it really is none of their business what you're doing with your money they right. really want to know but it is none of their business so okay. you could just make it sound like I need a substantial sum of money. I'm making an investment in Texas or Florida. Yeah. And they should not be able to block that. Um, because otherwise, if you're constrained by 3000 a day, that could take a long while to move assets anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So That's I would weird. have a, a serious chat with them and say, I need to move some money to a U.S. account. I'm buying some real estate. But if I want to use...
8: Okay, go yeah. but if I want to move the money to a U.S. account, like I'd rather, mm. so what do you think about that? Like then I
0: should get a bank draft? Mm, no, if you, if you want to be, if you're talking, if you're making it sound like you're moving it out to buy real estate, talk about a larger sum Yeah. and say, listen, I need X number of dollars put in my U.S. bank account. Because I am looking at real estate. I can't do this $3,000 a day limit. Okay. I need X amount put in immediately. And if you're not getting any action, um, demand to speak to the manager.
8: So mm-hmm. then are we talking about, be
0: pretty
8: right. Right. So we're talking about the U.S. bank account
0: through HSBC? Is that what you mean, that one kind of thing? Or, or even the U.S. bank account that is in your institution. Oh, okay. That's what I want. Yeah. So you could uh, because it's easier once you have a U.S. bank account in your institution, it's easier to move it um, to say, okay, now I need to move it to a bank that is in the U.S. Uh, so
8: So if I were to take my money from the regular account, move it to an American account or a U.S. dollar account within that that credit union and then you move that to the U.S.?
0: I think it's easier to do it that way. Right. Mm
9: Okay.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. What I'm hearing though, is that you're, you know, it sounds to me like the banks are already really trying to control people's movement to money. And I think they're, they're getting wind of the fact that people are scared. And uh, so they're going to make it increasingly more difficult for you. So Time is of the essence because you don't want to be the last one, you know, within the stampede for the door. So you think that would be a better option than taking
8: like bigger clumps out at a time in cash?
0: Um, That's not a bad idea either. And I forgot to talk about cash, but having a healthy supply of cash, you know, a month or two worth of, of money that you need in cash is not a bad thing. And I I think holding some in Canadian dollars, some in US dollars.
8: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: thank you. Holding cash is a good thing, I think. And having gold coins and silver coins. Mm. Just as 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 hard assets in a sense. Uh Carol, go ahead.
10: Yes, thank you for this, Marianne. Um, I have the option of moving funds into a small business account right now, uh, because currently we're having the same issue with a lot of money sitting in the bank and not being able to get it out quickly. So uh, is that a potential uh, protection? And is that something that if it is, um, it would be a smart strategy for people to try and set up a, a small business and protect themselves?
0: Okay, I'm not quite sure if I understand the question. So you, you're you trying to move money out of Canada or you're trying to move it from personal to a small business? Oh. Well, uh, personally, just or getting some Canada. money,
10: yeah, getting some money uh, out as you've suggested, but uh, right now we have a chunk of that sitting in the bank and they're telling us the same thing, that it's a maximum of $5,000 a day. So in the interim, until we can get it out of canada or whatever um i could put it into a small business account is that likely more protected than a personal account
0: um okay you know what i'm gonna do martino can you come here for a sec actually my husband is more the expert on moving money in the banks can you come here for one sec um can you, okay, so we're talking about moving money from accounts, from corporate accounts, or how, how do you get your money out of Canada? What would you recommend is the best way right now? Because we just did something. What's the best way of moving money?
11: Well, we have, we have a U.S. bank account. Like it's, it's not just a U.S. dollar account in Canada. It's a U.S. account in the U.S. Um, that can be tricky to get now, even through HSBC, I understand, but that, that would be one option. And the other thing you probably talked about already was just get it into get it into gold or silver, mm-hmm. um, in a in a U.S. institution of some sort, like SWP, yes. for example. Yes.
0: Um, okay. So here, actually, can you buy the gold through SWP in Canadian or U.S.?
11: You can both. Yeah, you can. You can. You basically are sending the money to a U.S. bank account.
0: But how do you do that?
11: You can sell, send it from your Canadian account
0: but how do you wire is the bank is a wire transfer okay so wire transfers sound like they still are a way to do it and when you're buying gold um i i treat gold as kind of like you know it's the bank it's your bank account it's your new bank account so a lot of the houses that sell gold allow you to wire the money directly and are the do you find that martin the banks are giving you a, a lot of problems like no. today when you were
11: they always ask, why you are doing it? And I just say financial matters.
0: But we're talking fifty, dollars $100,000 at a time. We're not seeing problems for larger sums not moving. Not yet. That could change. But um, a lot of people are encountering like $3,000 limits. What's that all oh, about? Oh, if you're
11: doing e-transfer, yes.
0: Yeah, if you're doing an e-transfer, they're going to impose the $3,000 limit. How do you bypass so, that?
11: Well, different banks have different wire transfer limits. And that's the nice thing about HSBC, especially if you have a um premier a premier or, or what's the other one starts with the the other account anyways they have much higher wire limits wire transfer limits
0: so what are those limits
11: um up to like a hundred thousand dollars yeah
0: up to a hundred thousand
11: per you just requested in the they.
0: so when you're setting up your account uh you want to tell them that you want to be moving large sums and what do you usually use as your excuses to where the money's going
11: financial management
0: financial management is what they my don't ask the says. second
11: question No,
0: but don't tell them anything. No. Sorry, I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Um, But it's mainly a short-term
10: situation, just if it's a, you know, if there's something that could be happening quickly, um, because now we're looking at tomorrow being Saturday and then there's the holiday here on Monday. So it's mainly a short-term strategy, whether that
0: if the bank is not open martin how else can you move money efficiently out
11: it's tricky tricky. we've we've had some issues as well because we're not in the country so for example a couple of our institutions that we work with we can't do wire transfers unless we're there in person so then we're limited to the small amounts per day like the e-transfer limits and even they have like weekly and monthly limits Um, and that's why hsbc has worked well for us because there's a the higher transfer limits um, But like we have a tra- account with coast capital uh, because we're out of country there's we can't do more than 3000 a day <clears throat> and then there's a limit per week and a limit per month so you're you're quite limited really
0: if you go in in person you can get the money back. yeah if you
11: go in person then you can do a you, you a bank are, draft or something people
0: are running into problems with that even
11: you shouldn't run into problems with well maybe maybe this is something with ban- new
0: well with a bank draft that should be fine eh
11: yeah, if you go on and do a bank draft.
0: And then take it where?
11: To wherever you want to move it. Mm-hmm.
10: Yes, bank I mean, they are, they are limiting in person. I mean, at least uh, with TD, our limit today was 5,000.
9: That,
11: a going, a,
0: that was person. a limit for... Going in In person. Sorry, that was
11: a limit for like a, dra- a bank draft or a wire transfer?
0: For cash, getting cash out. Interesting. That's very interesting. That's new. Hey, Marianne, Um, I'm wondering if you could
1: talk about, are there tax implications of moving money from Canada to the
0: US? Well, it depends on what you're doing with it. So if you're moving it into gold and you're moving it offshore, nobody knows about it.
11: You're moving after tax dollars, right?
0: You're moving after tax dollars out of the country and no one needs to know where that is going. And so most companies are very discreet, and you usually are making these purchases through U.S. dollars, and there's absolutely no record of it. And those, country, those companies are not obligated to report because they're offshore, and so it disappears. And see, this is what the elite do all the time. When That's what I was, I was just going to say,
1: right? Isn't that what they oh, this did? is,
0: And I used to really frown upon the whole thing because I thought, oh my gosh, all those people moving to offshore accounts. But it is a very effective way to let your money disappear, which is ultimately right now what you need to do to protect yourself right. because our governments are so corrupt. Okay, next question. Uh,
1: Christine, go ahead.
12: Thank you. Thank um, I had a question about mortgages. So um, in terms of paying it down, like it it just so happens my mortgage is coming due in a couple of months. And I'm just wondering, should I pay a good chunk of it off? Should I pay all of it off? But if I pay all of it off, it's not going to give me a lot of leftover cash in case something happens. I'm just wondering what would, What's your recommendation or suggestion or idea?
0: Okay, Mark, do you want to weigh in this as well? <laughs> Mart- sure. Martin's uh, Martin is good on these topics as well.
11: Um, yeah. So with the with the with the mortgage, I w- what I would suggest is that you. Um, so you're up for renewal, are you? You're going to renew the mortgage?
12: Yes, or just.
11: Okay. I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can um, get a really low interest rate, I think they're still offering low interest rates. Um, then I don't think it's such a bad idea because the value of money is eroding over time, right, because of inflation. Um, but that being said, I would be pre- I'd be prepared to have um, a backup plan so that if they call the mortgage, that you have the cash to pay it down
9: or pay it off
11: or paid off. Um, because we, I mean, we have a, a mortgage that we have chosen not to pay off just because it's getting cheaper by the day. Um, you know, we'd sit forward three years in the term. We could pay it off, but there'd be a penalty in, in our in our case. Um, but if it's coming due anyways, then um, that would be a consideration. And then you're not tying, you know, you're not tying up all your cash by paying off a mortgage. Um, that would just be one recommendation. Yeah, so
0: you don't necessarily have to pay off a mortgage. If you have the funds to do it, You don't necessarily have to pay it off as long as you know that that money that you could use to pay it off Mm -hmm. is in a secure place.
9: That is appreciating
0: or at least retaining its real value
12: against inflation. And I think, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, I mean, it's not in gold or anything like that or, or cash or anything like that. It's in uh, like mutual funds and, and um, maybe some stocks. It's with a financial yeah. person.
0: Yeah, so if you're in mutual funds, you're invested in the stock market. You're probably in lots of banks and utilities and uh, REITs and things like that. So, um, hmm. yeah, I, if you've got money sitting in mutual funds and in the stock market, I would be inclined to be pulling it out because I think the market, the stock markets are pretty high right now. And they could go for what, quite a crumble. So you could see your mutual fund values decline quite dramatically.
11: Put
0: it more I, I would put that money in more tangible assets than the stock market or like mutual fund. funds.
12: Yeah, some of it's in RRSPs as well. Which so- again,
0: mm, and then you're going to get hit with some income tax as you draw that down.
12: Yeah. Um, hmm. So I, I can't. Tra- I can't transfer the RSP into. I don't know something more tangible like. Um, the- uh, like property. Well, you can hold a mortgage in your RSP. You can also
0: hold gold in your RSP. Ah. Uh, I'm but, sure uh, but I think it has to be, it depends, on, um, it the depends on the institution, I think, but I think there are some institutions that allow you to hold gold. I'm not sure about that, but I think it's an eligible class a- asset class now for RSPs, but you'd have to see
12: what institutions would allow you to, to do that. Right. In, in your document that you sent out earlier, or that was attached earlier, you talked about a stock market crash coming soon. That is
0: the million-dollar question. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I do think it's pretty inevitable because I think the valuations are at unprecedented levels. Um, but, some, but some stock will fare better than others. You know, I think that, for instance, gold stock might be okay or copper or uranium or, you know, I think there'll be some holdings that fare better than others.
6: hmm but right. I, I, it's
0: a good idea to be diversified for sure. It's good not to have all your eggs in one basket. So there's nothing wrong with having some stock, but certainly don't make your stocks or your mutual funds, your, your primary investment because it it's, it's not secure enough to have all your money in that basket. Right. Okay.
12: Thank you very much. All right. Sorry. Uh, I don't think I, I don't know if I answered that question very well, but. Well, you gave me some ideas, actually, to chew on. And, um, and, you know, and I'll go watch that video that you attached. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all
0: of you, if you're, if any of you are thinking of buying gold, watch the video that I attached the
1: link. And I'll save the chat as well, and I'll send that out later. Um, I think you, you might even be able to save the chat yourself. I didn't turn off that function, so... Uh, uh, J.A.,
3: go ahead. I'm just. First of all, I have to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Marianne. You are the first person who has spoken so directly and so informed about all of this. And given your expertise, I just have enormous gratitude I probably, for everyone here. Um, you're going to be getting an email from me um, and... Uh, Hopefully uh, that thank you is enough that it rises to the top of your email inbox and I can get an appointment with you soon. (laughs) Very, very appreciative. My My question is really the question our family's been having for, for weeks now is where to go, where to buy farmland, where if we're going to move somewhere, should that be? Is it in rural Canada? Is it outside of Canada? If it's outside of Canada, where is that?
0: Well, we've left the country, so that probably gives you a pretty good idea that I would not be recommending buying rural property in Canada. I think life is going to be very tough in Canada. if, Unless something dramatic happens, I think it's going to become um, quite oppressive. Uh, But I hold hold hope. I mean, we still have our principal residence there. (coughs) And I hope that we are back one day. However, if I were considering where to live and where to buy property right now, I would be inclined to be heading down into Mexico or Costa Rica. Some people like Nicaragua, I, I'm not as familiar on Nicaragua, but um, I would be inclined to get down to an area where you're a little bit away from the hub and you're, um, you're not in, an oppre- in such an oppressive Um, under oppressive leadership. I think Canada, outside of Canada, people are looking in on Canada right now and calling it the the new North Korea, which is something that we hear fairly often from people down here. Canada has a terrible reputation now as one of the worst countries in the world to live in. That is not hitting your media, but it's certainly talked about outside of Canada. So I would definitely be looking at getting out. And on that note, I do have that, a channel that is the Canadian Happy Travelers with lots of ideas on how to escape Canada, whether it's private charters or certain borders that seem to be more friendly than others. So, um, but yeah, I would be inclined to leave.
3: What about, um, and then what about in the US? Like what about Hawaii?
0: uh i i think i'd rather be in a real red state like idaho montana um florida texas um maybe south dakota or north dakota i or utah i'd i'd be more inclined to go to the mainland partly because you just want the ability to move you want to be able to be mobile if you're out in um Uh, in Hawaii and things change, you're kind of stuck. They've had had some very draconian measures. Their governors have been quite atrocious. So, no, I wouldn't be running to Hawaii for sure. But uh, parts of the U.S. would be quite lovely, I think. Um, Or I'd head down into Mexico or Costa Rica. Or maybe even Colombia. I'm hearing good things about Colombia.
3: So, and also one last question was um, about Martin Armstrong and gold. Anything about, um, you know, other precious metals or the fact that he says gold will eventually be banned and part of a black market.
0: Um, Is Martin Armstrong thinking that gold will be banned? Is that what he's saying lately? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's what he's saying. He says eventually it would be banned and it would become a black market product.
0: I think it would be a great black market product. Um, if it gets banned, I still think it would s- still be functional. But um, yeah, there's, other, no, there's, there, there's, other, there's other precious metals. I mean, there's um, platinum. Uh, silver may not be banned because it's got so many industrial purposes. So certainly you could diversify. And if gold gets banned... The elite are not going, the elite are always going to use it. So I think there'll always be a good black market for it.
3: That's great. Thank you so
0: much. They just may block people from buying it. I don't think the elite uh, and actually gold may back the new central bank digital currency. There has been talk with the SDRs, with the IMF, which are kind of the, how would I say? they'll be the central hub, I think, of all the central bank digital currencies from around the world, because every country will have their own central bank digital currency. But SDRs will be like the trading posts where one country can exchange into another country's central bank digital currency. And there has been talk that the SDRs will be backed by gold. So you could be right that gold is banned. And that's why it's even more important not to be holding it. If the government of Canada knows that you hold it, they'll come knocking at your door to collect it. So you don't want them to have any um, knowledge of you having it and you do not want to, um, yeah, you just want to be under the radar with it.
3: And your channel is called, it's the Happy Traveler, is that where I should
13: go to see more? Uh,
0: Okay, that's a private, the Canadian Happy Travelers is a private channel, but I put the link in the email um, and then I have Marianne and the professor is my main channel that if I interview, like I've done some interviews with people like Charles Hoff or, um, yeah, once in a while I do interviews of people. Um, actually, Jeff, I see you here. I've interviewed Jeff Matheson, um, Dr. Jeff Matheson, who's from Toronto, um, and uh, Chris Schaefer, who's kind of the, uh, the mask expert. But anyway, I post those on my general channel, and then I have the Reset Investment Strategies, which is another channel that is specifically investment-minded. So the latter two are public, and the Canadian Happy Travelers is private because we're sharing ideas on how to escape uh, Canada. So I don't want people peeking in on that one. Yeah, good idea. Um, Okay,
1: Darlene, go ahead.
14: Hi, thanks for the great information. Um, Just a quick question. If I had money um, in HSBC in the US and I'm in Costa Rica, can I access it from Costa Rica or do I need to transfer it into a Costa Rican bank?
11: Do you have a debit card?
14: Well, I have a debit card right now in Canada, but I, I, I was thinking of yeah. if we set up a U.S. bank account, HSBC or whatever, and then because we were thinking of yeah. Costa Rica. So if I'm in Costa Rica, can I access the HSBC account in the U.S. or do I have to transfer money into the Costa Rica bank?
11: No, I, I mean, I just go use my, my, my U.S. Uh, bank Card. I just go up to a bank of Costa Rica, I think it is, and I just withdraw and money in, I can withdraw it in U.S. Or, or I can withdraw it in, in Colonies, which is a local Costa Rican currency, it's no problem at all. And if you have a, enough money in the account and you have like a premier account with HSBC, it seems that I can draw unlimited amounts without any fees. So that yeah. that's been very handy for us. And we do a lot of things here in cash for that reason. Yeah. Buying cars and things like that.
0: And you'll find if you have a US bank account, it's very easy to withdraw your money in Mexico, Costa Rica, and elsewhere. It yeah. seems as though HSBC is big um, in Mexico. Well, HSBC is very big in Mexico. And it just seems that with US dollar accounts uh, or US bank accounts, it's very easy to pull money out, no matter where us, you are. Sure.
14: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay that's great so you don't have to necessarily set up a bank account in costa rica then
0: no it's not necessary not at all no not at all so, and they're not great here so no it's easy okay. to just have your u.s bank account and that so if you want to buy a property crazy. there
12: you could just pay in, for everything it your... it,
0: it often okay. you just move money from your u.s bank. we just bought a car a couple of days ago we move it from one you know our u.s bank account it's so easy if you have a u.s bank account it is so many easy to do transactions for real estate, for assets, for gold, for everything. It makes your life so much easier. But it's not just a US dollar account, it is a US bank account. Yeah. You right. Have to so make as sure a Canadian, they're not- I can I can
14: open a US bank account as a Canadian in Canada.
12: Absolutely. Yes. Oh.
11: Okay. Well, this well, is I mean this. yes, this is something we haven't looked into recently because I um we did this a while back and we had no problem whatsoever. But I think my I asked my my brother-in-law wanted to do this and he ran into some problems setting up an account with HSBC at least. A US dollar
0: account. A
11: US a US account US. in HSBC, but there are other institutions as well. You don't yeah. have to be HSBC, just it was easy because we had lived in the UK and we have a HSBC UK account and now a US account. So it's easy just to move money around um, for us. But I think we got, I don't think they do that. Maybe HSBC doesn't do that anymore.
0: They might be cracking down because they are trying to block people moving their money out of Canada. Well, I think
11: actually what HSBC is doing in the US is they're focusing on kind of more other kind of institutional clients. Oh. And so I think we kind of, got in under the radar but there's plenty of u.s you know banks that you could investigate we just haven't
14: okay because yeah i'm just thinking like if we sell our house and we want to put our that that money into a u.s bank i'm just trying to figure out the logistics of how to do that
0: yes yeah try start start first with hsbc if they say they can't help you ask them who is good okay uh in terms of helping you establish a U.S. bank account. Great, okay, thank you so much, really appreciate it. And it it will buy you time because I feel as though U.S. is behind Canada in terms of these draconian measures. So at least you might have another year or two before things hit the fan in the U.S., whereas Canada is hitting the fan as we speak. So just having your money in the U.S. right now, I think is a good move. But I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't have it linger in the bank account, wouldn't you say? We we certainly don't leave things. I forward. had
11: it in the account for about five minutes today.
0: Yeah, we 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 literally pass the money through. It's it's within the day. It moves in. It moves out.
11: We keep some there as a buffer, but.
0: Mm-hmm.
14: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh,
1: okay, next, J U D M C L. Go ahead. I'm assuming that's just letters and not a name. Maybe you got distracted. I'll go to uh, Jim. You go ahead and then I'll
2: I'll come back. Wendy, I keep getting skipped.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. Nancy, sorry. You go ahead.
2: (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, I had... um, a couple questions. One, um, are there countries that are not connected to the World Economic Forum and or least connected or yeah, does anybody know?
0: <laughs> um, I, I would say yes, uh, Belarus. Um, what other countries? Croatia seems to be resisting.
15: Uh,
0: Nicaragua.
11: Um, but
0: uh anything else one any other country georgia
11: maybe some of those eastern
0: maybe some of the eastern bloc um you know like georgia but
11: very few options
0: very few options uh, and and so we we kind of expect that we will be living uh, or stuck in a country that is with the world economic form but allows us to live and exist. Ultimately, you need food, you need water, you need shelter if, and safety. And so we are always thinking, okay, where can we have food security and uh, where can we live off the grid the easiest? And that was, uh, that was probably the driving force in our decision as to where to go, because I think it's going to be hard to escape this, you know, the World Economic Forum agenda, I think every country is going to be bullied into adopting it, or they'll be crushed, you know, the leaders get either knocked off or paid off or you know, so it were I I almost view this as a game of survivor. And I want to survive. (laughs) We want to survive. So what is the country that is going to allow you to survive if all hell breaks loose everywhere? Um, what are the places that you can be where you could barter, you can, um, you can kind of disappear into the jungle or the mountains or up in the hills uh, where there's not high population density, where you're not going to be um, threatened with your life. Um, and you've got mobility that you can hop in a boat or, you know, you just it really you got to think of this like a game of Survivor. And Canada, although my husband's a wildlife biologist and could, I've always laughed and said, if a plane went down, I would love to be on the plane with my husband. He is the sort of person that could survive anywhere. But Canada is a very tricky country to survive in. The elements are very tough. So if you're trying to get off the grid in Canada and you buy some rural property somewhere, good luck trying to grow your food. Or, you know, get cut off. I think it's the, it's pretty extreme in Canada, unless you go up towards Bella Bella and you're on the coast where you can eat lots of seafood and, but uh, Canada is pretty tough
2: for survival. Um, okay, next question is if we have gold, silver, other precious metals, and we end up leaving the country. um do you know how or what, like say we're getting on a plane and we've got like $50,000 in gold. Can we take it? Can we not take it? By law, you're only
0: allowed to travel with, let me try, I think it's $10,000. 10,000 per person? Martina, Martina 10,000 per person of gold.
9: Um, we
0: traveled with some. And Martin, how much is it? 10,000 gold per person? when you travel
11: it's usually ten thousand dollars of cash or gold
0: or cash yeah ten thousand cash or gold so you got to be pretty careful with that uh, yes. when you're traveling
2: okay mm-hmm. and then my next question not as a place to live but just as a place to um protect the value of money would you like are you thinking like you wouldn't buy property in Canada at all or if we just like I'm buying some farmland just to have a piece of land as a way of protecting the value of my cash Um, or would you say like don't buy it in Canada buy somewhere else
0: if you don't already own it in Canada I wouldn't be buying in Canada But if you have a home that you love and you want to keep, but you're leaving the country, put renters in and leave. But I wouldn't be buying real estate in Canada. I I would feel safer buying outside of Canada, either somewhere in the U.S. or somewhere that you maybe plan on living, whether that's Mexico or Costa Rica or wherever you go or having it sitting in gold offshore or a combination of the above right But okay. no I wouldn't be investing I wouldn't be investing in Canadian real estate I've divested of all of our real estate
2: in Canada except our principal residence and I've heard that I don't know if you know like in regards to Nicaragua but I, I think that's if you purchase a hundred thousand in property in Nicaragua we can, you can get residency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: In, in Costa Rica if you invest 150,000 in real estate or cars or business, you can get residency.
6: Okay, yeah, that's good to know too. Mm-hmm.
0: It's about a year-long process. We're we're on the tail end of it. You
11: mentioned about Mexico.
0: Mexico, um, how does it work in Mexico again? Well, I think you have to show they evidence. Have, they have a
11: particular program right now in Mexico, which is quite intriguing. It's called the um, regular regularization program. It's a little hard to say. But if you've traveled to Mexico in the last ten years, so one or two or more times, um, you can actually get your resi- temporary residency quite quickly once you're in Mexico. We had friends that did it in a week. Um, they paid a lawyer, so it cost a little bit, but uh, so she facilitated it for them. Um, but that's one way you can get in pretty quickly. They do ask some questions about income because they want to see a certain level of income per month. I think it's like 2500 um, but that was one program that mm-hmm. we would probably jump on if we decided to go to Mexico just for the residency there.
0: It's not a bad idea to get residency in as many countries as possible. So I know people who were looking at getting residency not only in Costa Rica, but we're also looking at getting residency in Mexico. Um, we might try to get residency somewhere in Europe, like Portugal, Portugal. Uh, we might even try to get residency in the in the U.S. If we could land some sort of contract or something, just have a green card. So it's not a bad idea to be very international right now, and try to get as many residencies as possible, just in case you need to pick up and move, because you might need to be quite nimble and um, transient for this next
2: chapter. Um, i just interesting that you mentioned Portugal. Is there? I, I'm. My husband and I both have citizenship there. I'm curious if you have anything specific that you would say about. I uh, you know
0: what? You you probably know more about what's going on in Portugal than I do. But uh, I know that they have a very attractive program uh, where I think if you invest two or three hundred thousand, you can get your residence. You can get your EU passport. Um, and mm-hmm. so Portugal is considered one of the yeah. easiest countries to. To get a European passport, Um, but if you already have that, I don't know what the rules are, uh, what the COVID rules are. But um, I love Europe, and um, I'm back there, so yeah, that's worth exploring. But I, I don't, I'm not up to date on what uh, what the rules are there.
16: If this is beneficial to anybody, if this is beneficial to anybody uh portugal is one of the the safest places in the world i think i think their their safety rating uh, i've seen in the past crime wise uh the people are fairly docile and I, i guess the negative is they're also complacent like they were told to get vaccinated so they all went out and got vaccinated um but they they also it's a place where you know the rule is set you know and it's You know, you have to be showing your receipt from your vaccination on Friday, Saturday and Sunday nights for dinner, not during the week for whatever reason. Uh, And maybe it was lunch and dinner on the weekends. But then even you go to a restaurant and they don't really care. They don't ask to see the paper. It's 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 pretty they don't follow the rules explicitly there.
2: They're very like they they yeah. They'll do what they're told, but then if it's inconvenient for them, they'll just work around the rules is kind of
16: the way things work there. And the younger generation, like, you know, sorry, you can get by with English, like the younger generation is is quite, uh, I mean, everybody. Everybody learns
2: English in school. I have another question for you in regards to, say, being in Costa Rica or, like, you know, Mexico or Nicaragua or whatever, wherever people end up. But um, one of my husband, who's the one that's also been talking here, is um, big concerns as being a foreigner in um, another country, being like the white person. um,
16: When things go bad. If
2: things go to shit. There than being a target, and that's kind of always been like a concern and uh, something that's held us back from wanting to jump on leaving.
0: Yeah, being being in a being in another country and being targeted. Um, yeah, I don't. I I haven't really been too concerned about that myself. I certainly don't have that sense in Costa Rica. The Costa Ricans are not jealous of the foreigners that have more than them. They're very, um, they've got this Pura Vida sort of mindset. They're very chill. They're very connected with their families. And um, I don't know if that's the same in Mexico, whether you might be targeted a little bit more. I think that foreigners do tend to be targeted. And sometimes people get kidnapped. And um, there, there's a whole different layer of complexity in Mexico because of the cartels and everything. But um Countries like Nicaragua or Costa Rica, I don't think that's really a concern, but it is.
2: I think you cut out, Marianne.
0: Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, in terms of being a target in another country, um, I, I would not be obvious in your wealth if you do leave the country just try to look very local and very um, don't be flashy (laughs) if you get a car get an old car Um, don't wear your jewelry (laughs) but um, I yeah I don't really I don't think about it at all but Costa Rica is very safe you don't need where are you
2: where are you in Costa Rica?
0: Uh, currently, we're up in the mountains in Aranel, but the area that we think that we're going to be settling with is uh, in the Sara area.
2: Okay. We were just there four years ago in the Sara, well, in both of those places, but
0: yeah. In Lake Playa yeah. yeah, that's
2: exactly where we were, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, thank so you. that's
0: the area that we've been living for Okay, you're welcome. Uh, Jim, go ahead.
1: Uh, you're muted
15: okay now I'm not <laughs> muted right. uh, okay thank you very much um, I've been uh, looking into this for years and driving my wife crazy <laughs> and uh, and it's coming it's coming uh, it's coming true we're turning communist anyways um, my first question is about deemed disposition like what's the cost of that what and the what's the time period uh, making it uh, happen and so on like was something that's all
0: right jim are you referring to like your principal residents trying to trigger
15: residents if we decided to hang on to it yes Uh, or so yes
0: okay so i think what you need to do is speak to an accountant or a tax lawyer and say i want to trigger uh, deemed his position on this home, it may mean changing up the title that um, you're moving it from both of your names to one of your names, or okay. you're moving it, or you're adding a child on title, or you're moving it into a corporation, or there just has to be a, 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 a change on the title
12: to ah. trigger
0: that. And according to Revenue Canada, it, it is considered a sale. And so all of a sudden you're pushing up the value of your house to the new market value, yeah, which um, is advantageous if they decide to dissolve the primary capital gains exemption, primary home capital gain, yeah. gain, yeah. gain and exemption.
15: I'm, so, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm asking because, I mean, we've owned our home now for, I think it's almost 30 years. So <laughs> you can imagine what the The purchase, the original purchase price compared to today must be huge. Uh, So.
0: Oh, it's huge. And you'll have a huge tax liability.
15: Yeah, exactly. If
0: the government, I mean, Trudeau, when he mentioned this two summers ago, I was amazed that more people weren't talking about it. I think it is outrageous. And there should have been, there should have been an outcry. (laughs) But somehow it seemed to kind of, whoa, oh dear. Again, dear um so what was that just a bug. oh my husband just got hit or
9: but
0: anyway i think that um uh that should people should be outraged with this because it's almost sacros- sacrosanct yeah. your your principal residence is a tax-free haven for canadians yeah. always has been and always should be but the fact that they may come after that is absolutely outrageous, but I can imagine them doing it. And I did speak to our accountant and uh, he said, yeah, he can imagine them doing it. Now they may, they may um, start with like 50% of the gain is taxable, or they may tear it in such a way to make it more palatable. But um, so I think no matter what, it is a good idea to to trigger that game now, while you still have tax free status. I think
13: NDP, okay.
0: about it as well. NDP has talked about it as well, supporting yeah. it. So um, yeah. it's absolute robbery and it's so socialistic, but yeah. I can see it happening.
15: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I they're think-
0: even talking about taxing people on they're even talking about taxing people on capital gains that they haven't realized which is outrageous again. <laughs> so would they impose a tax on the yeah. capital gains were you to sell your house? You know, I mean these are these are outrageous but propositions, but the the outrageous seems to be happening. The, well uh, the Yeah, that. we talked about the well tax. Uh, my yeah. husband was just reminding me. We did speak about possible well tax. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't know what that will look like, but there's all sorts of nasty things that they've got up their sleeve. And if we yeah. move in the direction that it appears that we are, we're going to see more of this, these these measures come into place.
15: Well, well, And
0: uh, and people people's heads will be spinning.
15: Yeah, the, the intent is to make everyone poor, ultimately.
0: Exactly. They want everyone to be a renter.
15: Yeah. yeah.
0: They want to drive you out of your home. Okay. And they want you as a renter so they can control you. And they want you on universal basic income. Hmm. And that way they can control you.
15: Okay, my second question is we have... Um... So
0: it's a very... Oh, sorry.
15: Okay, a second question. Um, we have market, many mar- uh, money market funds and mutual funds, etc. Um, would you just simply convert that to cash, forget about the fact that uh, you know we're going to get taxed or whatever, and uh, buy farmland in uh, the U.S. or Central America or Colombia or whatever?
0: Yeah, when you when you say you've got money market funds, is it registered or non registered accounts?
15: Um, I imagine that would be registered,
11: like RSP
0: or. Okay, so it's in it's in TFSA's or or RSPs or things like that.
15: RSPs, not TFSA's. Although I have a separate, I manage my own TFSA, but.
0: um. Okay, so those are the sort of accounts that I'm worried that the government's going to impose rules on. they, they can wreak havoc in your life with registered accounts because they can assert some control over them. Um, if you do have money in RSPs, I would have a very good chat with your accountant and just find out if you draw them down, if you pull that money out, um, you don't need to sell a position to move it out, like to deregister, say you have, um, stocks in a copper mine or something tech Cominco or whatever and you want to still keep them you can move them from a registered account to a non-registered account but it will be a deemed disposition in terms of um, for tax purposes the valuation when you shift them over from a registered to a non-registered that would be deemed as income and then you get taxed accordingly so just because you're moving a holding from a registered to non-registered does not mean that you need to sell it. So if uh-huh. you've got something that you really uh-huh. like, hang on to it and just shift it out.
9: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: um, there's a lot to think but about. There will <laughs> be tax implications. Yeah, and um, so when you're and when you're pulling money out of uh, RSPs and deregistering it, if you pull out larger or smaller sums at a time. Um, if it's under $5,000 each withdrawal, they only hold back 10% taxes. If you pull out more than $5,000 at a the time, five they hold 10, back five to 10 is 20% tax, 20% and 30%. over 10000 per withdrawal out of a registered account is, I think, 30%. So you, you have to draw things out quite slowly, maybe in increments of $5,000 a day just so that they don't hold back too many taxes. At at the end of the day, you have to reconcile it. You know, it it is deemed as income. And that becomes the question of, do you want to keep the money in registered accounts and have the possibility of the government imposing some peculiar rules? Or would you rather deregister it, get hit with the tax bill and get it out or get it out of the country yeah. and it that's that's kind of the um some
11: income planning if you can remove oh yeah and
0: definitely when you're drawing down your rsps you want to do some income planning so if you can defer income to say you have a company can you keep the money in your corporation and not draw down income from your company and make your rsp withdrawal your income for the year Ah, Um, you know, to keep yourself in a lower tax bracket. So when you're drawing down your RSPs or your RIFs, if you're trying to deregister them, that's going to be deemed as your income. So how do you hold off or defer other income from other sources? Um, That's the trick. And that's where you want to sit down with a good accountant to make sure that you navigate that carefully so you don't get hammered with a big tax bill.
15: Right. And finally, one more question: um, If you own gold that the government is aware of, would it be wise to sell it now, get the cash, and then, you know, move things around as as you've described <laughs> and buy yeah. the, buy gold back, you know, from, from outside of the country? Because really Uh, what I'm doing, what I would be doing is converting to cash that, you know, and then reconverting it back into PMs.
0: Right. Well, there's costs on transactions of buying and selling gold. So you want to minimize those transactions. But also if it's a smaller sum of gold, it's always good to have some on your person. So uh, having some. Uh, is always a good thing. You already own it. You've already bought it. Um, I would be inclined, I think, to just keep depends it, watcher, yeah. uh, unless see. you've got a sizable sum. Um, That's a but yeah, it depends on how much.
15: Yeah. Well. Okay. And don't,
0: don't 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 say disclose. don't disclose. Maybe maybe just email me, um, okay. and, and that. But if it's a if it's a sizable chunk. Um, if it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah, i probably, um, well, would I sell it? I, I I almost wonder if there's some companies that wouldn't let you move it into their storage. What do you think, Martin? Do you think there's some companies that would allow it's you a, with a, it's Loomis? It's a
15: longer
9: discussion.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's more complicated, but depends well, on how much. Well,
15: Kitco is, is one of the companies that you could store it with.
0: Yeah yeah kidco kidco is a good company they've got a good reputation yeah
15: yeah okay well um i appreciate it and uh, we might be connecting uh through email or whatever in the future so thank you very much sure sure we might even we might even see you in costa rica (laughs)
1: <laughs> we should build up yes, a little, any, little you, community in costa rica <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right oh it's so it's so beautiful here and it's interesting the realtor that we're working with they said to us the last eight deals that they've done have been canadians who have picked up and have left everything uh sold their businesses sold their homes the kids the dogs are all here they're all in school there's a lot of canadians here in fact um During the trucker convoy time two weekends ago, we must have had, oh, my goodness, 60 or 80 of us. Um, We kind of did a convoy here, put posters all over our vehicles and drove through town and then had a big gathering on the beach. And we actually did that two nights in a row. We actually did another like a Saturday evening gathering on the beach and then Sunday afternoon.
4: I think think
0: there's a lot of Canadians here.
15: I think we saw that on the Internet.
0: Right. Yeah, wow. you might have. Yeah, yeah, I I posted somebody posted a video. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think it was um it might have been our little convoy. I posted it on my telegram. And uh
15: it was terrific.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a lot of Canadians, and there's actually a lot of people from all sorts of countries that are feeling persecuted. Yeah, there are Americans from blue states. There are French, there's German, there's a lot of international uh, mm-hmm. people here who are escaping tyranny elsewhere. I
15: mm-hmm. you know, someone who wants to leave France. <laughs>
0: yeah.
15: Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's lots of French, there's lots of French, lots of German, yeah, lots of people who have fled here for freedom.
15: Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh,
1: next question. Um, Okay, I'm gonna try J-U-D-M-C-L again. Can you hear me? Do you wanna unmute and ask your question? Okay, I'll skip.
9: Uh,
4: Gloria, go ahead. Sorry, it took me a second to get uh, off of mute. Um, I guess guess, uh, my question is, uh, so we're not in a position to leave Canada anytime in the near future, and we're not in a position that if the banks came for our house, we would be able to pay it off. So we've been debating, you know, selling our house, moving a little bit north, buying something mortgage-free, or is it something of a better idea if we were to sell the house and maybe contemplate renting so that we are more mobile so that when the time comes, we can leave. But if we leave ourselves in the position of renting, now we have an extreme amount of money and what do we do with it? Um, So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Mm
0: -hmm. Boy, that's a, that is a really tough question. Um, do you like where you live? Do you like your home? And is there a lot of sentimental value to staying
4: put? In the house we're in now, we have decided it's time to give it up. We live uh, in Toronto in a very prestigious neighborhood. Um, it's also not the type of neighborhood you want to be in in this type of a climate. Um, so we've decided it's it's time for us to move on. So we are definitely looking at selling our home and we definitely want more property. You know we're pretty central um and if things go bad we are not in a good area for that so um yes. selling is yeah definitely and actually it,
0: it, and being in an urban area if things go sideways in canada it, it could be quite um it really could it could be on un, quite unstable uh so i think you're wise to sell I like the idea. The markets are very high right now, very inflated. It's a great time to sell. Uh, And then um, you're triggering the capital gains on your principal residence. And right now it's all tax-free. So that's good as well. And uh, you're putting that money in your own pocket as opposed to the government's. And then you can downsize and maybe pick up a nice rural piece of land. And I would uh, where would you go, Martin, if you go if, if you were to go rural in Canada? Where would you be inclined to uh, go?
11: If, are, they, are they not fixed on Ontario? Are you
0: fixed on Ontario or are you uh, open to leaving the province?
4: No, we're kind of fixed on I'm not ready. Both my husband and I are business owners. A lot of people rely on us, so we're not ready to give up our businesses right now. Um, so mm-hmm. we're definitely right. kind of looking you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half of where we are, we have a lot of families. So, you know, a lot of our work can be done remotely. I'm the only one that really needs to see clients more or less. And, you know, I can kind of work that out. But yeah, we have to at this point, you know, we're looking very Keswick, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half max from where we are, we can't go too rural. Right. Um, if I'm ready to Same. quit my job, I, I'll leave the country is kind of
0: where I'm at.
4: Right. So, just so maybe
0: if you went. Ran- so maybe if you went south of Toronto to like um, St. St. Catharines or Ni- Niagara, Niagara, would you say Niagara on the lake? On the farm lake. Farm. Um, but you know, somewhere where you can still commute and you still have your community and, good and there's good farmland. I think that, that could be a good choice. And, maybe, and you're not going to be paying anything like what you are in, um, in a, in a uh, more urban setting in Toronto. In maybe,
12: no, maybe,
0: maybe even, even, even a, well. maybe even a vineyard in Niagara on the lake you know, something.
12: (laughs) My husband would
0: like that. (laughs) Well, and also, and also you're close to the border, which is, um, you know, that you can kind of sneak across at night if necessary. So being close to the U.S. border right now is a good thing.
4: Perfect. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Uh, Roger and Lynn, go
1: ahead.
4: Hi there, um, Marianne. I'm just wondering, uh, what is the market, the real estate market like there in Costa Rica as far as uh, say the average price for, for a home?
0: You know, it really depends on where you are. For instance, the area that we are uh, right now on, on a little bit of a vacation in the Arenal area, uh, which is Aaron, uh, Arenal and um, La Fortuna area, you would be looking at maybe two three hundred thousand for a home on a good sized property. Um, yes. If you go to Nosara and Playa Guiones area, you're looking at a million and a half uh, or or two million for a home. So and that's U.S. dollars actually. So it really there's huge. If you go to Uvita you're looking at a few hundred thousand. Um, There's great variation in this country on, on prices of homes. So I think there's something for everyone here. You can buy a piece of property for $30,000 and build something very simple, or you can buy a house for, you know, 10 million. There's the whole spectrum of things available here.
4: Okay. it really depends on the area. Okay. And uh, Mm -hmm. is there
0: ample supply? Yes. Lots of supply okay
4: great excellent i mean cool. they're in
0: in some areas yeah, it, in, in in the nasara where we're living it's pretty tightly held because there's so much demand everyone wants to be there because it's so beautiful but uh, so it's pricey and pretty tightly held and that's why it is pricey is that the supply and demand kind of push the prices up there but uh but there's plenty of areas you know if you go an hour out or even half an hour out of nasara you can buy something very cheap so it it You know, yeah, and and I always say people when they are coming to a place like Costa Rica, just rent for six months or a year and get a sense of what areas you like, because the country, although it's very small, if you try drive a half hour, you can be moving from cloud forest to ranch land to. uh, It's a very small country with great diversity in the climate and ecosystem, so. It's best to kind of come and rent before okay. you make any investment. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Mm, you're welcome.
1: Um, I had a quick question. What if somebody already owned their house? So like you're saying, don't buy anything in Canada. But if, like my parents, their house is paid off, would that be safe? Like, Or, or do you think at some point governments... The government's going to go after assets as well.
0: Um, they may tax your assets. They may impose some taxes on, uh, for instance, the new, what was the name of that tax, Martin, they were talking about, depending on the, the price of your home, and they were going to Sounds impose, like it was yeah. almost like a, a new tax that they were going to bring in based on the valuation of your home. Yeah. Um, And what was that tax called, Martin? It was something. Something uh, Yeah, it it was something that just kind of got rolled out or proposed. I don't think it's been finalized yet. So those are the sort of things. I think it was was one up to one percent of the value of your home per year was going to be an annual tax that you would have to pay.
9: CMHC.
0: Really? and it was proposed by CMHC, and that was something that was proposed this last summer. CMHC was advising the government to adopt it. And I suspect the government is going to adopt it. So it's going to be an annual it's tax. On
9: homes over oh, 1
0: it's a surtax on homes over $1 million. True. Um, and so to address, to, to address housing inequality was how they pitched it. So when, if that tax comes into place, which I think it will, um, it, it, there's a sliding scale from 0.2 up to 1% per year. So this is the type of thing that may happen is that if you actually have an asset, they're going to start taxing you on it. Right. So it's, right. it's very insidious because where does it end? Yeah. Um, well, it's like this the boiling is, frog this is
1: theory, the right? They just turn up the temperature bit by bit and wait for people to adapt. And then yeah. they just crank it up a little bit more. hmm
0: yeah, yeah. So that tax, I was horrified. Um, I spoke to our accountant about that as well. And he thought it was probably going to be adopted. Wow. So and and placing the value at any home beyond a million. Well, in Canada, a good portion of the homes are over a million dollars. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to tax everyone on an annual basis. Okay, let's just say it is 0.2 times. A million that's twenty thousand dollars a year have i done the b- I math right? right yeah point one percent on the million would be well, no no i think i've got my number right. that would be two thousand yeah. two thousand on a million but it slides up to a full one percent per right, year over, two million. over to up to like over two million or whatever but anyway it's you know whether it's two thousand five thousand ten thousand per year that adds up yeah, absolutely. so you're penalizing Especially people you're- for having. Yeah, so that that new proposed tax, I uh, I think they 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 proposed it this summer, and of course the NDP said they thought it was fabulous. Um, the CMHC is an arm of the government, and they're suggesting this is a good idea. So I think it's going to happen. So it's so frustrating because it's so hard in Canada. To squirrel money away that is truly yours after all the taxes we pay and then when they start coming at it um it just seems so unfair yeah and this I is know. why i'm of the mindset like get your money out of canada
9: because, because they're
0: not you lost your job they're, they're not playing like
9: you it too.
0: yeah it's it's so maddening it is so maddening but um do you think the housing bubble is going to burst or
1: do you think the whole economy is just going to crash first
12: oh it's
0: hard to know but i think the housing bubble is just so extreme and yet on the other hand i think well with the value or the supply of money in canada has gone up 40 percent, so in theory housing prices should be up 40 percent in accordance with the increased money supply but on the other hand it feels like a big bubble and i think that when interest rates start to get pushed up which the bank of canada has said that they're going to be doing this year i think that's going to take the wind out of the sales of the, of the real estate market um and, and if there's an economic so crash, crash
1: then doesn't that make the value of everything less Yes. In 2008 in the U.S., how there were like basically empty subdivisions because housing values just plummeted like people went bankrupt. And, yeah. But yeah. That, and we, that didn't happen in Canada. Well, um,
0: no, because we had much more stringent rules with our Canadian banks and. Um, so we we managed to avoid that. But no, I think what's what will eventually happen is the yeah, uh, this real estate market will go for a big tumble because I think there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. Um, you know, and, and I think the banks are expecting that. And then the elite will go shopping and buy up all the prime real estate for pennies on the dollar. Right.
9: So I the think elite they're trying the to prices keep the Uh, well, Brenda? they're buying
0: up it's, it, BlackRock and Vanguard. I mean, they're actively buying up real estate. Uh, In Canada as well? And, and they're buying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's intentional. They're pushing up and pushing up these prices. Um, and then the bubble will burst. And then they'll really go shopping.
1: Yeah.
17: Uh, Brenda, do you have a question? Yes, uh, I do. Um, I have heard there's going to be tax uh, on homes if you're not living in the home, if you're renting it. If you're out of the country, there will be another tax imposed. Is that just for people who are not Canadians, who are living out of the country, who are not in this country? Or, uh I was thinking, I think. Of, it, I think, my
0: house I think Sorry, go ahead. I think it is more foreign owners. Um, if you are Canadian and you're, I don't think the, the Canadian government is keeping track too much on your whereabouts. Um, and I wouldn't be apt to report. You're supposed to report to some government body when you leave the country, but I, uh, you know, you just don't bother. You pay your taxes, they don't know where you are.
17: No, that, no, I think that's yeah, but more Yeah, because authority. we can't leave the country unless we have that is that not what the passport is doing?
0: Yes, but if you're leaving the country illegally, they don't know where you are.
17: Right, if they don't know you've left, that's right. True, that's
0: very true. Yeah.
17: Okay. Mhm. So Airbnbs um would be yes uh, that's fine i i get it
0: well if you're if you're if you're renting out your house on airbnb or vacation rental by owner it does trigger the government does monitor that so i would be less inclined to use agents that because i think the government uh watches a little bit more carefully um, and also wants to tax you and you and you need to file things, with the government and everything. So I would not personally be renting out my house, I'd have a private arrangement with someone to rent it. I, I have an Airbnb now. Airbnb or VRBO. Yeah,
17: I have an Airbnb now and I, uh, I have my own house. Um, normally, not right now, but normally it's a traditional bed and breakfast, especially for skiers every year. Um, so it's set up for that. So I just wondered, um, the other thing you may have already have talked about it, and I may have missed that. Um, we would lose our pensions, our CIP, CPP, if we're out of the country for more than six months. So I don't know if I missed that, talking about that.
0: Well, I didn't. I actually didn't talk about pensions. Um, it's a big question mark. What's going to happen to the pensions? I wouldn't be surprised if the governments collapse them and say, oh, you know what? We're just going to put everyone that needs it on universal basic income. I think the pensions are broke anyway. So I don't think there will be any pensions in coming days, it will all become UBI. So, you think the CPP, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But Martin, do you have any opinion on that? Do they the pensions will be, or, or they'll uh, collapse them? I think at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, difficult it's very difficult. I, I, My suspicion is they'll collapse them and they'll just say. Oh, I think you cut out. Something happened. I, I'm, Yeah, I think I don't think the can you hear me now? I don't think the can of pensions will be I don't think the the can of pensions will be kept intact. I think they'll collapse them. What about pensions that people pay into? You know, pension funds I think will be busted. I think most pension funds are bankrupt. People just don't know. Huh. What kind of yeah. timeline i would not rely i would rely on any pensions i think um i think pensions are um yeah very very vulnerable to bankruptcy um so i would not be relying on pensions for future income huh interesting Sorry, I'm, I'm just the bearer of such good no, news tonight.
1: I think that it's it's, <laughs> it's better to know and deal with it and figure out options than to just be blindsided, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's all food mm-hmm. for thought. It's like there's lots of different options, lots of different possibilities, and I think having knowledge helps us make the best decisions. And we have, every one of us has completely different circumstances that we have to take into account. So obviously this is just general information, um, but it's really good to know all of the different things that are possible because then we can start mentally digesting that and emotionally dealing with it, you know what I mean? If we just like put our head in the sand and then all of this happens, Right, it's it's going to be a lot harder to deal with it if you don't think about different possibilities beforehand. Um, uh, so there's a quest. There was two questions in the chat. I saw one was what what is the cost of healthcare in Costa Rica, and then the other one is about government jobs retirement. Natasha, maybe you can elaborate on that. So how much is healthcare? In, in Costa Rica? Uh,
0: there, there's uh, a number of different plans available in Costa Rica. The cheapest one that we have found is uh, a company
11: called- Well, there's, um, there's kind of two stages to it. Sorry, I'm jumping in here. No, Amy, this but, is good. But um, if you're just coming to visit and you're staying for a longer period of time, then you can get international type insurance through a company called Trawick it we've found is, is probably the, the cheapest and i would say per person per year i'm going to go with about um maybe four hundred dollars something like that yeah maybe so, and so
0: maybe about four or five hundred dollars per person per year and the company is trawick t-r-a-w-i-c-k that's right yeah, yeah.
11: but once you once you're become if you apply for residency and you become accepted as a residency then you can start um using the social they have a a really good medical system in costa rica and then you pay per month similar to what it used to be like in bc and i I think that's about 150 dollars a month something like that yeah
0: they have kind of a they have universal health care here it seems to be very good Um, one of the biggest bonuses here is uh, costa rica is kind of an epicenter for dentists And they have amazing dental care here. So, you know, you go to the dentist and you can have great dental work done, periodontists, oral surgeons. They're fantastic. In fact, the company Invisalign is based here in Costa Rica. Uh, So dental care here, when we went and had, you know, filling or Martin, you had a filling done, I think a couple Mm of weeks ago or two fillings. I think it's like $70 per tooth and they do a beautiful job. So the dentists here are fantastic. Um, but medical have- care seems to be, yeah. And, and the medical care seems to be very good. So we have paid... Um, well, actually, have we seen a doctor since we've been here for the yeah. year? Actually, no. A year here, we haven't seen the doctor. Yeah. It's very it's very easy this. to be very... The only um, doctor you've,
11: you've seen was a jungle
0: doctor. Actually, I did see a jungle doctor whose identity I will not reveal, but uh, there is a Canadian doctor down here. And I, had, I was visiting with him, and I had a mishap, and he gave me stitches on my head. In the jungle. Uh, <laughs> in the jungle. <laughs> Some of you might know who that might There's be, no but I won't thought. say... But uh, anyway, no, so it's very good dental care and very good medical care here and very economical.
17: Uh, Brenda, did you have a comment? Um, No, it was just, I know people who have gone to Costa Rica just for dental work, just (laughs) for that. (laughs) Mm Wow. did you have a question as well or... Uh, no, I think, I think you're oh. uh, very, very good. You've covered, uh, I think, all the questions that I had in mind of being covered. Um, I love Costa Rica. I've always loved Costa Rica. Um, so I did travel all through Costa Rica. Um, every part of it uh, by myself, by car. Felt very safe. Um, I've had a monkey pee on my head. I've had all kinds of crazy things happen. Um, Yeah. The only thing that bothered me, because I am a great animal lover, Uh, there are quite a few street dogs. Um, So I spend a lot of my time feeding street dogs, but um, that that happens in a lot of countries. And I think uh, because Costa Rica have Uh, a law that you are not allowed to hurt any animals, I think a lot of people when that law came in, they had pets and they were paid for some reason, uh, because I think a lot of their pets run free and they were left outside, that they they just decided to leave leave them outside. That's what I was told by a few people when I was there. They do have the biggest uh, pound, if you can call it that, it's not a pound, it's a ranch, Um, There's over a thousand dogs there. So if you go, adopt a dog. (laughs)
7: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Rosemary, did you have a question? Yes, I did. Just uh, thank you very much, Marianne. You've given me a lot of things to think about, but I have a quick question on the pensions. I'm currently receiving a pension from the federal government because I worked for them for 35 years. What do you think might happen with that?
0: Um, uh, oh, I think oh. that what they might do is roll it into a form of universal basic income. And then with that, there may see, be some strings attached. So if you're not fully boosted or uh, they don't like your social media posts or, um, you're not cooperating, um, they, so, if, and, if so I think there'll be some strings attached.
7: If I'm out of the country then do you think they would actually cut me off altogether from it
0: it's so hard to know it is really hard to know what they're going to do yeah um i i wish i could tell you what uh, um, Respect, yeah expect the best but e- the expect the best but prepare for the worst uh, my sense is martin would you agree they're just going to halt them say they're bankrupt and they will especially as they're moving to central bank digital currency I think in that transition they will claim that everything is bankrupt and we're so sorry it's just happened because of a cyber attack or whatever they'll blame something or it's the truckers or oh it's COVID you know they'll probably blame COVID on all of this Um, but they'll say oh we're, we're sorry but it's bankrupt the system is bankrupt meanwhile all that money's been siphoned off into the Elites' bank accounts. Uh, oh so, yes, yeah, there's, I, there's I,
9: I, I would say over. that the
0: pension funds. There's a very good chance, I think, that the pension funds will be collapsed. So, so then it, it doesn't matter. 125,000
7: people on pensions at this point
17: now. <laughs> They're basically yeah, so what they'll do.
0: They'll, I no, I don't think they'll let. Hard, they'll transition it over into a universal basic income, but there'll be some strings attached to that. So okay. you'll be, it will become a little bit like a social credit system where if you are obedient and your points are high enough, you keep getting the money, but if you don't cooperate, uh, they'll pull back or halt you. Okay. So because I think the, I think that's the direction we're moving is everything's going to transition into the social credit program social credit system China and,
9: uh, if yeah if
0: you look at what they're doing in China I think it will be exactly like what they have in China that's yeah. where we're headed in Canada yeah
17: that's where Trudeau wants us to be China
0: well okay. I know and he admires China so much he really does think they're fabulous so but it is father. that's a problem <laughs>
10: <laughs> so did well,
17: his I, father <laughs> i, I do not want to change uh this is so wonderful i am so glad i joined uh, to hear all this information um but uh, uh and i i don't want to change the subject and have a discussion on it but i had do have a friend uh who uh just about a half an hour ago um must have been arrested but uh Think of Ch- uh, Tiananmen Square. That's yes. what's happening right now in I our know. own country here. Yeah, people are being it is uh, so. Oh, uh, I know. I being trampled down by horses, yeah. by clubs, by whatever. And these are just uh, friendly. Pe- I was there. I, I've been there for, for
0: weeks. Well, and they they've just they've just uh, arrested um, Daniel Bulford. Yes, the, the ex, uh, you know, sniper for Trudeau. I mean, there, we have, it's absolutely astounding how quickly Canada has transitioned in a, into a totalitarian uh, state with, with absolute tyranny. It is incredible to see the, the transition. But but then again, if you look back at the last two years, it has been completely tyrannical for two years. People just put up with it. But now it's kind of reached a climax in Ottawa. Um, but it's um, it's kind of unfortunately exactly the way I thought it was going to go. That's why we're we're not in Canada. We just expected all of this to happen, and it's all it's just happening. so so sad so sad it's heartbreaking it's not just canada though um
17: other countries are also even france is even worse i think But um until tonight uh but um do you see it spreading to other countries could you see costa rica ever being you know changing like this happens so fast
0: I I do think it's a global phenomenon. I think there's some countries that they'll leave alone. I think there's the first tier countries which are Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. Canada is very important in this whole agenda because it has the natural resources and the globalists are extremely interested in in the resources. So Australia, New Zealand, likewise, I think that the UK or England's very important to them because it's the epicenter of banking and finance and then Western Europe. So I think that there's kind of the top tier countries that they're going after first, and then they'll start to try to make inroads in, you know, kind of the second tier countries. So developing countries or Africa, India, but at least we're buying some time, you know, they're not going to bother with little countries like Costa Rica or, you know, uh, I think they've got bigger fish to fry right now to kind of dominate the Western world. And they'll do that first. And then they'll, and I'm just hoping that by buying some time, we'll be able to see all of this topple. But right now, um, you're in the eye of the storm in Canada for sure
17: there is going to be an election at some point unless he can keep the um, uh, emergency act uh, going the war act going
0: but even if there's an election chances are he's going to buy out all of the candidates i mean look at pierre polo Pol, Polovir. i can't even oh, say yeah, his name clear. i mean i i like yeah Polovir. i think i like him but He'll, I think he'd be a puppet as well. Um, there's very few people in Canada who I think would hold firm. One of them would be Brian Peckford, if he would stand again as an 80-year-old. Randy Hillier, I trust. Roman Babar, I trust. But there's very few who I actually trust would not bend at the knee to these globalists. So I don't think, a, I don't think an election is going to save us necessarily.
2: Can I just say one thing about Pierre? And I don't I can't speak to whether or not he would bend or if they would have something to blackmail him or I don't know, threaten his children or whatever. But he um I have spoken to him about the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. And he has read Klaus Schwab's book because it was given to him by Klaus Schwab, who he gave his book to all the politicians. And he was flat out. He's like, This is not conspiracy theory. Um, the they want you to own nothing and be happy. And He's the only politician who's spoken out against it publicly in parliament. Um, so that's like my one tiny little bit of hope, but that's not to say he couldn't be turned or couldn't also be placed there specifically to capture us or kill. But he has actively spoken out against it and is against
0: what I found. And I I like Pierre, he's very sensible financially, but he's fully vaxxed and promotes the vaccine. And I think if you're fully awake to the agenda, why in the world would you get the vaccine? Like, where is your head? And he also was talking about the, you know, the truckers and saying, well, this is an illegal, you know, protest. And I thought there's nothing illegal about it. So he seems to be talking out of both sides of his mouth. So I don't, although I, I used to like him, I don't trust him now. So the only ones now I really do trust are, um, are Roman Babar and Randy Hillier. They're the only ones that have kind of stood consistently through all of this over the last couple of years and been very outspoken. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm disappointed with Pierre because he's, he has shown, um, I think, his true colours this last week and I haven't liked what I've seen. But prior to this week, I liked him, but I don't trust him now.
7: Um, Derek Sloan was the one that uh, took um, a Dr. Bridal to Parliament. So he's running for the Ontario. Oh, I government. like, I
0: do. You know what? I, forgot? I I really like Derek Sloan as well. Yes, I forgot about him. And there, there could be other candidates that are very good and have I, just been a little bit more quiet I think that maybe even, oh, who's that? Um, Rick Nichols that actually has Party. joined
5: Derek Sloan, right?
0: Oh, yes. yes. Nick, Rick Nichols, I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. there are actually, there's more of them, but I I don't know if we're going to get out of this through gen, through normal elections. I think there almost has to be a complete overturn of government and we start from scratch.
6: Yes, I agree. Because, with
0: you. Because um, if we go through the normal process of elections, I, you know, who knows? We might even have those Dominion machines working in our favor. I just, I just, the whole process of the election, I don't trust right now. No, but there are some good people, um, and, and there's more than I than I am aware of. But uh, there's some really good people out there. But ah. Uh, really really heartbreaking and frustrating
6: very very scary
0: and i think the saddest thing is half of the canadians don't even realize there's a problem you know that's the i think the the most heartbreaking bit is we're in the middle of a war and most of our yeah most of our family and friends think everything is just dandy so that's a problem right there that half at least half of the population is completely ignorant of what it what it, you know what's going on right now
17: well they're Completely
0: only oblivious pro- it's it's
17: my they're point. only seeing propaganda they're only watching the mainstream tv they see prop it's they don't know any better right they, they have no other opinions and they don't want to hear other opinions mm-hmm. so
5: quick question one last quick question i just wanted yeah. to clarify with you um marianne so so, yeah, so understanding hiring a private plane from Canada to what I'm hearing is Montana is friendly. And then I'm assuming from uh, from Montana or wherever else in the U.S. getting into Costa Rica. Is that is that about right?
0: Yes, yes. So what you do is you fly. Yeah, once you're in the U.S., then it's easy to fly yeah.
17: What about
0: Colombia? Mm-hmm. And once or- you're out of Canada, one, once you're out of Canada, you can fly. I mean, for right now, our daughter's in Dublin, so this spring we'll be able to fly to Dublin and England to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if we were in Canada, we wouldn't be able to do that. So being out of Canada has a lot of advantages right now, in terms of being able to move around the world, because a lot of countries have dropped um, all their COVID. It, it could very well be temporary because i'm sure they're playing with people i don't by any i don't imagine that most of these countries are going to drop everything permanently the agenda's still at play but i think they're giving the prisoners a little time in the prison yard to play right now but um yeah but i yeah it's i thought it was funny i'd, I'd when... say right now mm-hmm.
17: Sorry, I thought it was funny when, well, it was, it's not funny, but uh, as the premiers are talking about uh, dropping the mandates, uh, one after the other, all of a sudden uh, flashing on the TV is uh, emergency or, or flash update. And it was Trudeau uh, introducing the emergency act, which of course gives him power to over the premiers. It just seemed a very convenient time for him to do that.
0: yes yes it's incredible i wonder if the premiers are going to stand up against them there oh. is some hope there They trying. Right. but i, I don't think. but none of the premiers, none of the premiers sound very sensible either i mean jason kenny is they're Isn't spineless it. they're they've been obviously uh, you know corrupted in because it so i don't awesome.
15: know <laughs> well, actually yeah. the the emergency you know. act is not in in force. In fact, it's not even been voted on. It has. They haven't even finished no. it yet.
7: It's, he's Yeah, you're
15: without, right. He's acting without the act.
7: Yes. <laughs> I mean, how can he do that?
15: Yeah. Because because he's allowed to. That's the simple fact. Oops. Yeah, he's that's a tyrant, and but
0: you're right. It, it and today to think that they canceled the hearing where they were going to discuss it in the House,
9: mm-hmm, that's right. to
0: cancel that and say, we're, we're busy arresting people. He is, a, he is completely acting outside of the law. Yeah, right. And I, huh, yeah. he's yeah. an absolute tyrant. The best, I think our best chance would be if the US decides to come and protect us.
17: Not with Biden in power, it will happen. No,
7: no, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden wasn't behind some of this because, well, they certainly yeah. were
17: in cahoots for the passport, that's for sure.
7: Yeah, yeah, I
5: don't think Biden's behind anything <laughs> <laughs> just because yeah. he's so inept, right? I mean, yeah,
15: don't forget, well, even Canada, if Canada, Canada lets Canada us out, we can't get dog. into America. Canada is the tail of the dog. Come on! <laughs> For thirty-five million people, who cares? Who cares? They're only—they're only as—as they're only, uh, um, as Marianne said, they're only—they only care about Canada because there's a ton of water here, and minerals, and and blind people that'll happy to be slaves.
6: Exactly. That's mm-hmm. some of my
15: family and friends. Or former friends.
6: Yeah.
0: And I think in Canada, looking back on reflection, I think they were very careful in terms of what kind of immigrants they allowed into the country. They didn't allow Eastern Europeans to get in. When we used to travel, we talked to Europeans all the time that say, I can't get into Canada. The point system kind of acts against us but they were very happy to allow all these Asians to come in because they know Asians are so compliant and obedient. So they built up our population with immigrants who are very submissive. So um, that doesn't, that doesn't help matters. We, we need more Eastern Europeans because. Was really Eastern interesting. Europeans are-
1: yeah. I was, I was wondering about the immigration stuff. That actually makes a lot of sense.
17: And in, in, if you go into the Canadian uh, website, uh, it's hidden deep. You have to go in quite deep to find it. But there is a list of uh, who's allowed in. And it starts at the top with, um, uh, so it's uh, India is number one right now, um, China. But anyway, uh, if, if there are a few countries. Uh, Britain is not on the list at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain countries that are not on the list at all. So we wow. have to dig you, deep to find it but it's there.
15: You can tell who who's allowed into the country as soon as you land in the airport. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Maggie did you have a question?
18: Yes, I did. Uh, I'm from Quebec and I have a it's called a riga. This is a retirement retirement plan for uh Uh, provincial employees. And I have the option uh, before I'm 55 uh, to retire and have like a sum amount of what I would have received if I would have retired when it was time. Could it be a good option for me to make this move?
0: Yeah, so essentially, they're willing to give you a lump sum payout immediately exactly it's not it's not in any sort of locked in registered account uh no oh absolutely take your money and run
18: (laughs) okay i have another question
0: (laughs) Um, what about um uh,
18: nicaragua for an escape
0: yeah nicaragua um is anyone on this call in nicaragua Catherine, are you on or sue are you on the call Okay, I, I thought that some of them might join in. Uh, Nicaragua, there is quite a large Canadian community in Nicaragua, um, in a coastal area. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but if you reach out to me, uh, I could tell you, and I could put in t- put you in touch with, with the people there. But there's 100 or 200 Canadians in one town alone that I know of, and they're very active and very Um, connected and organized so i think nicaragua is interesting but nicaragua makes me a little bit nervous because they've got seemingly pretty tight ties with russia and with china and uh so i i don't know i don't know what's going to happen in nicaragua but it's certainly very economical
18: um
0: and it's beautiful
18: Yes, I know in Nicaragua. And uh, I I just have a comment for for Pierre Poilièvre. Um, I've heard right. some strange rumors about his wife, Naïd, that she might have some uh, links with uh, Switch Health, which was uh, which have uh, big contracts for the PCR testing. I don't know if uh, anybody heard mm. about this.
0: Yeah. I, My sixth sense tells me we cannot trust Pierre. He's not a Randy Hillier. He's not a Romain Babar. He's not a a Nickel. Um, What's that guy's name? Something Nichols. Um, He's certainly not a, a Brian Peckford. I don't quite trust him. That's my gut sense, but it could be entirely wrong. But I just, my sixth sense tells me everything is not as it seems with him.
15: He's He's definitely he's very sharp, he's very intelligent, but I think he's he's bought as well.
2: He's definitely a career politician and opportunistic in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
17: Um, Um, Have you heard of? Go ahead. uh, um, Con, I think it's called Convoy. I might have it here. Oh, Copa Air, Copa Air. Uh, a friend just mentioned today um, Copa Air have pilots uh, that they, they'll they fly you
0: out. I've never
17: heard of them before.
0: I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that company. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that charter company. I've heard some strange rumors about Freedom Air where people will pay for their passage and then the flight never leaves. Oh, so be very (laughs) careful. Be very careful that you kind of talk around before you book something and just make sure it's reputable. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you sail out? (laughs) Well, you you know what? I, I think that would be something I would be looking at very carefully is, you know, you get on a boat and head out into international waters and mm-hmm. what are they going to do with you? Right. You know, or hire hire a fisherman and say, let's head south. How much, what's your price? Like, let's go. I think there's a lot of different ways. I think also there's some areas along the border that are not all that well monitored and you can kind of hop across. I've heard stories of people with backpacks just walking across. Now
17: we've become the um, yeah okay.
0: We're like we're like refugees. Well, here yeah, in Costa Rica, well, we call ourselves the Canadian refugees down here. Okay, that's it is a little bit how you feel because we're not here really. But well, we're not entirely here by choice, although we love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, it's our circumstances that have pushed us to leave Canada. I'd love to come back to Canada tomorrow if I could, but it's different life, uh, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, how about one last question? Um, Barbara or Barbara? Sorry, I took my glasses off.
19: You're right. It's, it's Barbara <laughs> <laughs> Barbara's interesting. Um, thank you very much, Marianne. I did write you. Uh As you were speaking the last time, and um, so it's me. Um, I do have a question, though, about for those of us whose cash may not be in homes, so we don't have a whole lot of cash there, have some or investments, um, going to a, and I'm a pensionable person with being a retired teacher, for example. Somewhere like Costa Rica, if I could get there or decide to go there, do they have communities of people working together? Even though I'm 70, like I know a lot about gardening. I know a lot about a lot of things um, that aren't necessarily money-based. I'm just wondering if you know of that, of anything. Great like that. Um Where people... I, I
0: have... I, I have heard that there are, um, I'm not familiar with them, but it it, mm-hmm. it seems that I, there are some, I think down along the coast on the, along the West coast, I've heard of some communities that have kind of established themselves, you know, doing permaculture and um, there, and there are some things in the works. So I think if you were to really investigate, I think you would find some things if you did some searching on the internet, you'd Mm -hmm. probably find that there are some communities here that are established.
19: Because the other thing that I would really like to do is be part of a community, even pool our resources and get something together, like create it, you know, Um, because I think that's how you get to be off grid and sustainable in many ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a German gentleman that we've known for the last year, and he is hoping that we invest in his little project. Um, and you know, each of the properties will range from about 30 or 40,000 up to about 70,000. And then there's common land, and it, it's going to be a little community of, I think, 15 or 20 owners. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get that off the ground. So there are those kind of projects in the work here. In the works here, and um, so uh, yeah, I I do think there are opportunities like that here.
19: Mm-hmm. That's good to know, and I do agree with mm-hmm. your politics, and I <laughs> I do wish that Brian Peckford would run, even though he's eighty. He had I know, a wouldn't
0: thing. he be a well? He, yes, he would be
19: a green boat. Yeah, I, it would be wonderful
0: to have someone solid with such character and
19: integrity. Uh, in every way
0: integrity i mean we need someone like him at the helm even to just launch ourselves into a new direction and he's so sharp and oh he's just incredible um but uh i don't know if he'd be interested in it but he would be the man i would choose to run the country right now and then he would be able to select a really good team to surround himself and then launch in a new direction but uh yeah, they maybe call it the Peckford Party.
15: Well, I'm afraid he'd be killed before he'd be useful at this point.
0: Yeah, you're probably so, right.
15: A lot of people are having heart attacks the last couple of years.
0: A lot
17: of suicides. As somebody uh, just mentioned, oh, there's some another
0: variant? No. Okay. Oh, yes, there is apparently a new uh yeah there's a sub- Omicron variant that's Omicron. supposed to be more dangerous and yes I just saw that today on Telegram.
1: Well they have an Omicron vaccine they've been working on so they need to have an Omicron subvariant.
0: <laughs> well
17: did we expect anything else? Of
0: course not. <laughs> it's it's so hard, it's so hard not to be cynical, eh? <laughs> oh. It's like oh gosh what happened to us? oh my
17: god that ford Ford was worth 2.5 million now he's worth 50 million that makes sense he really did flip flop didn't he yeah i guess
15: i guess we were we just weren't paying attention for a long time i think we just
0: um i have a question bon bon is that you or sean are you there i was going to ask you if you wanted to say some words about crypto because you know so much more about it than i do um yeah she, um, i I, I see i see bon b-o-n but i don't know if he's on the screen but not there okay yeah there was somebody else too
20: i yeah. i am here kind of in the background yes
0: Okay, oh, Okay, Bon, do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. crypto? Because you know about it so much more than
20: me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't look at myself as an expert at all, but um, I have followed Bitcoin for a long time, specifically. And I have looked at all the other ones um, out of interest. But again, I always fall back to uh, Bitcoin and the, uh, the properties of Bitcoin.
0: Do you want to make a pitch for why why people should put some money in Bitcoin?
20: Uh, it's it's a, I mean, it's pretty involved. Uh, it would take a long time, I think.
1: Maybe we um, could do like a um another evening and and do a crypto thing, like for whoever's interested in that, because I think that is a big topic, and mm-hmm. um, I think it's worth. Spending some time on, if you would be interested or if people are interested, maybe we can just consider having a different meeting for that. Yeah, think?
20: I would. Yeah, I, I would be interested in that. Sure. Okay.
1: Um, do right, I have right. you
20: on yeah. my email? List? I see someone else in here. Trudeau, um, right? As no, well, is that? Is that yeah.
0: Sorry, is that Jeff Matheson I see on the screen? And if that is Jeff Matheson, do you want to give us an update on Mexico? Ah. Is that Dr. Jeff Matheson, or is that? It's hard to tell from the picture. I think oh, maybe if that is here is thinking.
1: Oh man, does she think I'm that Jeff? <laughs> oh,
9: okay. So yeah. the Jeff, I see. Yeah, it's not I think Jeff, it's a different it's not Jeff.
1: Jeff Matheson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, does Does anybody have any other questions about? what we've talked about this evening and and would anybody if put it in the chat would you be interested in having a part two meeting sometime uh marianne and um oh sorry i already forgot your name bond with uh, a crypto night. so
9: i
0: i would probably not include myself in that because i know Almost nothing about crypto. Okay. So, Bona, that you carried, and if you had anyone else that you wanted to have join you, but um, that would be a completely separate conversation. Okay. I wouldn't have anything. Um, All right. Uh, bon.
1: I just saw your email. I'll, I'll email you. Sounds good. Okay, cool. All righty. Well, I think this was... No, well.
0: Sorry. Going yeah. Out. So Wendy, I'm glad, I'm glad I, it's funny last night on the meeting, I thought, Oh, should I, should I say anything? I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> there's so much going on and should I speak up and just bring this up? But I'm glad I did because I really feel as though, uh, for people, if you could just get yourselves prepared mentally and physically and, um, and financially
19: exactly. uh, and
0: prepare for the worst, you know, it's, um, you just don't want to be broadsided. Absolutely. I completely agree.
1: There's, there's so many ways this can go, you know, and, and I mean, even, even before the whole financial aspect of the pandemic started kind of kicking in with you, you do the same thing, thinking about the virus and the vaccine and your health and your, your family members, do you have vulnerable people like you have to look at all different aspects of any kind of a situation so that you can make the best decision that's for you, right? So this is wonderful Mm -hmm. to have all of it because I I have no background in all of this kind of information. So it's been wonderful to learn about all of these different aspects. I think um, you're going to be busy. Well, it's, (laughs) um,
0: I actually, I gave this I gave this talk to um, Stephen Malthouse's group. Um, I don't know if it's Canada Health Alliance or I can't, I don't even know that I'm, I'm part of the group now and Charles, maybe you can tell us what group is that, that we meet on Thursday nights. But um, cause Charles Hoff is in that group as well, but.
13: Yeah, it's Canada it, of, no, oh, it's. There, um, Charles? Yeah, it's it's CIMA. It's the Canadian Integrated Medical Association, I think. It's Steve Malthouse's group.
0: Okay. Okay, okay. So that group, I realized when I was looking back on my notes, because I spoke to that group February 2021. So it was exactly a year ago that I spoke to that group on this very topic of how to manage your money and how to get it out of Canada. So I referred back to those notes from a year ago, and I kind of laughed because I thought at the time when I spoke a year ago, I think people thought, my gosh, she's kind of uh, out there, you know, in terms of her projections. But I'm sorry to say everything has happened that I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I know thanks, so many thanks to some would-
5: really smart like- people out there.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah two years ago there's some good
0: people happened, out there that are predicting <laughs> we mm-hmm. never would
1: have thought this would happen
0: no no
1: well marianne thank you so much for taking the time to do this extra meeting for all of us tonight and for offering your email to help people um do you uh, Uh, what was I going to say, your cost or your fees, if anyone was interested in like the 30 minutes, just like a ballpark or is it?
0: Um, Typically, I now I'm charging about a hundred, a hundred dollars for 30 minutes. And and I can do a minute, I can do a meeting in 30 minute increments. Okay. So if you need just a half an hour, it's a hundred dollars and you can just e-transfer me. Um, Yeah. So as much time as you need, but that's typically what I'm charging now.
11: Okay. Um,
15: Speaking of emails, why do you have a Gmail account?
0: Well, I actually had a ProtonMail account. And then I heard that it was kind of a deep state entity and it was attracting more attention. They were monitoring ProtonMail more than Gmail's because everybody has a Gmail account. So I dropped my ProtonMail and went back to Gmail. Uh-huh. But uh today I was having a lot of trouble with my Gmail and I heard on some chat, on some Telegram chats that a lot of people were having trouble on Gmail today, on Google Mail. So there's a um, there's another
15: one called Secure. It's S-E-K-U-R.
0: Also,
15: S-E-K-U-R. Also, also, okay. Yes, also out of also out of uh Switzerland.
7: Okay. <laughs>
0: Is this one you know what, you I actually, I don't use email all that much, because as a platform, it is quite insecure. Yeah. So I tend not to use email much. And I think that's why I haven't really bothered, I tend to use signal um, as for confidential conversations,
9: okay. um,
0: and some telegrams. So that has been my primary way of corresponding with people more confidentially. Okay. It's on signal. And so, but I, I know what you mean. I mean, with, with Gmail, I can't believe I'm a customer of Google. It's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like it, but no. it's such a hassle to change it. I also have a Shaw account as well, um, which I don't know if Shaw's good or bad, but um, mm. yes. So anyway, but today I was like, oh, darn it. You know what? Am I being Am I being monitored? I don't know. I was having a lot of trouble with my Gmail today. Okay. So, ProtonMail, does anyone think ProtonMail is a deep state entity, or do people think it's safe?
15: Well, up, up to now, I've found it safe. But I, I understand that it's important to leave in, in your uh, um, subject line. Don't put things like COVID or any of that stuff in. It just... Just make it the most obscure thing, like how's your dog or whatever. Um, You don't want to, because that's what they look at. That's the only part of the email that isn't. um, uh, Encrypted with PGP. Yes, thank
20: you. The subject line, they can't encrypt the subject line. So that comes in in plain text and can be tracked. But the actual email itself, if you send to another ProtonMail user, Is end-to-end encrypted with PGP and if you do send from Proton to a different email address like a gmail you can encrypt it as well with uh, a one-time password that -hmm. you can give to the recipient through another means like over the phone or signal or some other way Mm -hmm. and that'll encrypt it as well but you're you're right about the subject line that's what they'll track yeah so So what are they
1: going to do with that information though like okay so let's suppose someone like me <laughs> maybe send some emails with the word covid in the title sometimes what like why do they care what are they going to do about that well if
15: they're checking people i mean they're they're monitoring everybody on the planet okay right and 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 there's certain words and phrases that that are going that the algorithms will will trap if they if you if, if you've Donated some money to the truckers and, and a few other things and you you're like me on getter and you're t- you're, you're bad mouthing Trudeau and so on, you could, you know, they could request to have your your uh your uh email opened up. I mean and the Swiss government could would make it a decision and then as call me a
1: terrorist and close my yeah. bank account. And- yeah. All that whole stuff.
15: Another un- undesirable who won't get his, uh, his uni- universal basic income check.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I've posted some stuff on Trudeau's Facebook page. I'm probably already a target. <laughs> yeah,
15: I, I know I'm doomed.
1: <laughs>
9: so,
15: yeah, Yeah. It's a pretty sad are- situation here in Canada. And I'm an old guy. I'm 75 years old. I would never have believed this. My father is spinning in his grave right now. So, pretty bad. And leaving this country, I mean, this, I can't believe that that I'm considering doing this. I mean, I just can't believe it, you know?
1: Yeah. So... You know, I I play this game with some people I know every day we have like, okay, where are you the scale of one to 10, 10, we're optimistic, things are going to turn around, you know, we're going to go back to somewhat normal. One is like, we're so screwed. And (laughs) it's pretty amazing how variable the numbers are, (laughs) like, every day. Am I the only one doing this?
15: (laughs) No, you're not. In fact, the only thing that saved saved us, I think, is that is to discover that we're not alone. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah.
15: Early on, I thought I must be the only person in the in in Canada that knows this is going that we're going crazy here. This is about two years ago, you know, towards the end of 2019. I kind of fell into this by accident. I mean, <laughs> and the more I learned, the more it just blew my mind and. And it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> you know? Know. And, and, it's, and it's like Marianne said, it's like 60% of the people aren't even like, you don't know what's wrong with them. Well, I know what's wrong with them. They're, they're hypnotized and yeah. they're living in fear. You know, our, our representative who was, she's a, she's a conservative, um, um, Michelle, uh very 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 uh was was elected in uh september last september and she's one of the rare ones that's you know saying in the house that you know she's, vo- she's voting she was debating against this act you know this emergency emergencies act and uh, smart really smart cookie um, but she hasn't got a chance. I mean, she just has never got a chance. Yeah. Because, you know, the the NDP are are crazy and might as well be liberals. Yeah. Most yeah. of the most of the conservatives are liberals. So I mean, there are no lib- liberals and conservatives in the true sense of the the meaning, you know. That's it's gone. That's gone. There are awakened people and and uh, thieves. <laughs> so. Yes.
1: Okay, oh. well, how about we wrap it up? It's getting past my bedtime here in Ontario. I don't Indeed, know how... Before
21: we leave, though, I just wanted to uh, give you... Oh, a sorry, I didn't to...
1: see your hand up.
21: Sorry, no, so No, that's okay. Um, appreciate that, Wendy. Uh, right now, I think uh, this couldn't have been possible without you. Uh, Marianne has obviously answered a lot of great questions. Uh, I had put in a few things in the chat box as well with regards to some recommendations. Uh, I do believe that uh, we are under unprecedented times. The media has been used to mislead the public. Uh, Trudeau will eventually lift the decision that he made and you're correct, Jim. What is actually happening right now? It has to be voted into parliament. And uh, it needs to be enacted before, um, you know, he can actually get the approval, but um, it hasn't passed the Oaks test and it was a peaceful protest, but this is where we're at. It's totally hypocrisy. And, um, you know, I think we have a kangaroo parliament and it's badly staged. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be changing anywhere soon, but what has happened is uh, setting precedents for a lot of things to come. But I want to just um, say that, Wendy, um, great thanks to you for organizing this in a really short turnaround Uh, this is coming out of uh, a meeting that came out on Wednesday and to roll this out and to get these many people you know uh, 91 individuals in less than you know 48 hours it's incredible so great uh, coordination I just wanted to put out a shout out for you um, for that and thanks again Marianne
0: Thank well, you're you. You're so welcome. And um, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy, for coordinating all of this. So I will send you again <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'll use a different email account. I'll send you the information sheet. Okay. And on that information sheet will be a lot of what we spoke about tonight. So
1: awesome.
0: And, and reach out to me if you want some, you know, individual attention. But, um, Yes, I, I bid you all farewell and <laughs> oh say lots of prayers Yeah, our country. At least we have each
1: other, you know, like look at yes. how many people have come together over the course of the last two years. Like I think a lot of us were alone in the first year and then the second year we've just been, our groups have been growing and that's pretty encouraging.
13: Well, that is right. exactly that is exactly true. You know, people through this last year, awake people have met one another that would never otherwise have connected, and yeah. it's almost like God is reorganizing Canadian society and and connecting brilliant people together. So God is at work in the mess, um, and and I, I really think this is a time for prayer and a time for 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 just really exchanging ideas so I think this has been a brilliantly valuable time so I just want to thank everybody and and um you know just particularly those that have you know just Marianne thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us we appreciate it so much and thank you for all the great questions that people have asked so really appreciate it keep up the good work
1: awesome thank you Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't family. think I would have ever met
6: you and without girls like
0: that. <laughs> what was the show when everyone would say good night, Mary Ellen? Was that the Waltons?
19: Oh yes. right. mean, that was the It was and then good
21: night, yeah. uh John Boy was the last yeah. line every good single God. episode. <laughs> I woke up. I am my uh what do you call it? Generation next, uh the, the ones that drank from the hose and everything. So yes, I, I yes. remember that. Me too. So <laughs> <everyone>. good night, everyone. <laughs>